fantastic. Hi, I'm Thomas Elms. I'm on the Below the Belt show. I play Hamish Duke, the werewolf on Netflix is the order. Check it out. Thank you so much. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. That's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB, Below the Belt in the Mother Effin' House. I'm your host, Al Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure. So let's go ahead and introduce the amazing panel that we have assembled tonight. But first off, he is the one and only. <laughs> he is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. This has got to be a record for me with the number of shows in a row that I've done. Yeah, you've said you said it every right. week. You, you can just it. see your you can just see your beard getting bigger and bigger right. and bigger each time. It's like it's like watching like um, Fruit Van Winkle. Well, if you ever see you ever see those uh, those time lapse videos, like usually they're um, combinations of when people would take these like selfies every day for like yeah. fifteen yeah. years. That's what you got there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the I'm like the time lapse of um. You ever watch um True Blood? Where yeah. You see, the, yeah. You see the fox and it starts decomposing and stuff before your eyes. Like that's yeah. Me. That's how I look. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and introduce. That's right. He is the man with the comic <clears throat> presence, the fan favorite, and the Persian comic god. Speaking of he fan, ceiling <laughs> <laughs> like, fans. I the am one, even more comic. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll let you finish introducing right. that. The one and the only. <laughs> I guess he doesn't want the intro, but nonetheless, <laughs> Mike, the General Zod. So yeah, I, I, I'm apparently much more calming now that it's been pointed out that I had this distracting fan behind me. So, uh, <laughs> and that and that ties in with being a fan favorite. So mm, yeah, you're a fan favorite. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except not that fan's favorite because right. I had to turn it off. Right. But nonetheless, we're happy to have the you're general. Right. He's, a, he's a fan favorite as a single fan. Yeah, exactly. Not, not as opposed to plural, right? Yeah, as opposed to multiple fans. And Thank let's, God for General's mom. <laughs> let's go ahead and introduce back on BTV, stellar job, as per usual on every program. Now, I demanded she's, this. She's an actress. <laughs> she is a YouTube sensation. 
She's a <laughs> singer and performer. The one and the only Vanessa Meadows, a.k.a. Miss Nortles. Hey. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Miss Nortles. Good Thanks to have you back. Thanks for having me back. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Good to have you back on BTV, Vanessa. Thank you. So, of course, we were supposed to have the director and producer, a sister team behind the film, The Social Ones. Um, sadly, they had to cancel their interview due to uh, personal uh, emergencies or whatever they have. Um, so, uh, they're brother and sister, you said? They're two sisters. Two sisters, okay. So, it yeah. could be a family emergency that would affect both of them, right? That's being what sisters. they alluded to. All right. But nonetheless, uh, one of my favorite publicists from Vancouver, uh, who always uh, uh, hooks us up with great um, talent from North Hollywood, as they call it, up in Vancouver, <laughs> including Alicia Rotaru in the past and uh, voiceover actress Katrina Salisbury. I mean, she's been great uh, for Below the Belt Show. Um, we actually have... A guest, one of her clients that was supposed to be on our July 1st show, I asked if we can just have him for tonight's show. As you know, we didn't have a guest. So, uh, Ashley Buck, thank you so much for saving the day. We have actor Madison Smith on Below the Belt show. He'll have a recurring role on Netflix, The Order, which is a show that kind of has... The whole, um, well, it reminds, well, Vanessa and in general kind of uh, had mentioned it, but uh, the magicians, well, influence of the magicians and a little bit uh, influence, I guess, of maybe since there's werewolves in it, you know, the werewolf aspect in True Blood or um, Twilight or um, any other werewolf uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> project you could think of. I, um, but, um, it's cool. It's cool. Um, so we're, mm. we have Madison Smith also appeared on Supergirl. I know that's one of General's favorites. And also appeared mm. on Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is one of uh, Sabrina Taylor Smith's favorites. So, um, But um, yeah, Madison Smith will be our special guest tonight. So we're happy that we, um, we have a guest uh, for this evening, guys. So... Um, yeah, man. So let's go ahead and uh, I guess, um, you know, I've, I guess we said the past few weeks on Below the Belt Show, we always like to keep things happy and optimistic and positive. But uh, lately, <laughs> but lately, seems like every show this year has been like miserable. It ha <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we have we're going through a global pandemic. We're going through some social and racial injustices in the world. Um, and fires guess, we had earlier in the year, you know, Kobe Bryant dying in a horrible accident. Like, mm. it, yeah, 2020 has definitely uh, it's been like eight years for this damn year. And what, what are we now in June? Yeah, yeah, been roughly what three months already uh, that uh, most people have been uh, quarantining and staying at home. Although a lot of people are starting to uh, to get out of the house, but. Um, but anyways, I guess I'd like to start with uh, the whole um, BLM, Black Lives Matter um, movement and how it affects the entertainment industry. Um, it's crazy because obviously two weeks ago we were talking about the sad and unjust murder of George Floyd. 
Last week we were talking about a 75-year-old pro- protester who was shoved by Buffalo police and um, had received uh, um, neurological injuries uh, due, due to uh, brutality. And sadly, it has um, continued where a former, um, now former Atlanta police officer uh, fatally shot Richard Brooks in a parking lot of a Wendy's. Um, he's, he's now charged with felony murder. Um, the officer's name is Garrett Rolf. <coughs> who um, was fired by the Atlanta Police Department following the shooting. He he faces 11 total charges. There was a second officer involved by the name of Devin Brosnan. He was placed on administrative leave. Um, This is another officer uh, that had um, prior complaints on his record um, and uh, certainly uh, followed um, um, what we would call, I guess, a rogue cop. Um, Chachi, I talked to you about this, um, you know, um, off air, but um, I guess we have a little bit of a different opinion on this. But uh, um, I just want everyone else's thoughts on this matter, because, um, you know, um, I guess at the end of the day, I don't think anybody deserves to be shot or killed if they don't they didn't intend on shooting or killing anybody. And I think that that goes without saying. Um, mm-hmm. although the guy was a little aggressive, he tried to resist arrest. He grabbed the officer's taser. He was running away mm-hmm. from the problem. He wasn't approaching the officers with a taser or any other weapon. Um, they certainly had his information. They had his car. That would happen then. Um, and sadly, because he, uh, you know, I guess the officer decided to fire uh, two bullets to Rashad. Um, what happened and, before that? And to add in, insult to injury, um, supposedly, allegedly, um, stood or kicked him, and then the other officer stood, like stood on his uh, shoulder or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you're saying what happened before that? Well, obviously, um, it started out very peaceful, supposedly, from what I could tell from the video. Um. And, um, you know, they asked him about, they t- took the breathalyzer, they, they tested him for a DUI, um, and uh, he had failed. Um, thing was, he wasn't driving, so could, is that technically a DUI if he's parked in a Wendy's? He was driving through the drive-thru when they okay. called the cops. Okay, so he's driving through the drive-thru, okay, so he yeah. wasn't parked. Okay. Um, it's a tough one, man. The video showed um, that Rashad was aggressive, no doubt. He was aggressive. He resisted arrest. But did the guy deserve... I mean, he was running away with a taser. Suppose that taser doesn't even work once it's fired twice or it's out of the officer's hand. Do we even know if Rashad... uh, uh, Did he know how to use the taser? You know, uh, we don't know. He used Um, it. Okay, so he used it. Okay. He shot the taser back at the cop. Okay. So, is the officer justified in shooting him, though? Um, well, so, I, uh, like I said before we started, because I've been so busy with uh, the YouTube this week, I haven't been um, well, you're as a YouTube up sensation. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but um, I, I am aware of the situation. I didn't watch the video or anything like that. Um, so I am going to sort of make a tangent comment on the situation. I, I hope that's okay. But um, 
So even before George Floyd, there were other shootings that had occurred during the quarantine. And this is literally, I know everyone's saying the word systemic a lot, but it truly is. I mean, it's a systemic issue of racism and oppression since before the country was founded. So even though I think, you know, it's important to, you know, look at, um, you know, the shooting that you just brought up, Al, and, and everything. But all I can say personally about my opinion about the whole situation is it's not necessarily just police brutality, which absolutely exists. Um, it's it's just, it's, I think it's the whole thing. It's not just about the police. It's about how us as individuals, and it's, it's so hard because, well, I'll finish that point, um, how us as individuals act and how we think and how we perceive and what our opinions are and our assumptions. Um, and I, I think that that causes ripple effects, whether we realize it or not. So I think, you know, the, the main thing we need to do is look at ourselves because how we view the situation is going to affect change now and moving forward. But I also think it's really hard because we don't have I don't think anyone on here is African-American. If you guys are like, I'm not trying to make assumptions, but. Um, I am. It, Chachi clearly about, is. Clearly. <laughs> but it, it's hard to talk about these subjects. Without, well, but also, you know, I'm Filipino. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But still, I are you asking know about general? Either. We think so. No. You talk about I general? I didn't know if any of you were or, you know, had that in your background. Well, that does that does bring up an interesting an interesting thing, because, yeah, I mean, there's since none of us here are African-American, it's it sometimes feels very difficult to, you know, talk about this in a way that, you You're know, not speaking see- for them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or you're not patronizing them or you're not, um, you're not, well, what would be the right term? Instead of mansplaining, I guess, white-splaining <laughs> things. And um, like, I, I know like a, when I, when I do a lot of reading on, um, or, you know, just seeing interactions and articles about this, one of the major things that, um, that we need to remember as, I mean, is that there's a lot that we we don't understand and it's uh, we won't understand it unless we've actually we're actually in that situation and you know sure it can be called white privilege i don't know if i'm white i'm kind of white i guess but it's uh, um being On persian <laughs> yeah there we go <laughs> being persian technically i'm considered caucasian like on census forms and everything but really? uh, yeah yeah wow. really i thought it's middle yeah. eastern no, there's yeah. usually most places don't have a Middle Eastern oh. checkbox. And really? yeah, Good for you, welcome to the club. Hey, yay me! I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for that white privilege to come my way. Yeah, you, you and me both, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyways, God, but don't the, deviate too far from the. Well, okay. I, can I just finish my point? Yes. Just really quick. I, I just I just wanted to say that I think it's important for us to talk about it. Oh, even yeah. if even if we don't have anyone here representing the African American yeah. community, I think it's still important to talk yeah. about and discuss. And that, so I'm and I'm glad we're bringing it up. 
Um, you know, and I'm sure, you know, both of you, Al and the general, you know, you've had your own certain situations with it too. It's not just the African-American community. So that's all I wanted to say. Well, the period after 9-11 was a lot of fun. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. But, uh, like I've been pulled over before, like accused of, um, swerving in a a sports car while saying it for, um, the benefit of Vanessa. Okay. Um, she wasn't here last week but um you know like i think i think we're allowed to talk about it. i think everybody should be allowed to talk about whatever they want and not feel bad about talking about it you know and, mm-hmm. and on, yeah. on the show we've always got you know different <clears throat> we all always invited whoever we want on the show like, i think you get dangerous when you say like men shouldn't be able, allowed to talk about this one subject or women shouldn't be allowed to talk about this one subject if it pertains to a man or black people can't talk about this subject or white people can't talk about this subject. I think it, I think it silences other people. And I think that's dangerous. I think that that keeps from having a conversation, you know, with each other. Yeah. And that's, a, and that's yeah. absolutely it. It's mm-hmm. the fact that uh, if we don't talk about it, that's how misconceptions, that's how assumptions are made. Yeah. And that was, that's, you know, talking about it helps us learn. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as far that's as anybody that's truly knows about what happened with George Floyd, we don't know for 100% fact that that cop was racist. That cop could have just had a power trip. That cop could have could have been David Duke. Like, you know, it could have been Hitler. That kind of cop. We don't know for a fact. We're assuming he's racist because he killed a black man is what we're assuming. Now, in this case. Right. This is a totally different case. And I think people are getting um, caught up in getting into dangerous territory where they're tying everything in with George Floyd um, case, which I think that was probably one of the most despicable cases that we've seen. I think um, Eric Gardner was, you know, probably a close second. Absolutely. Just just the disregard for human life. You know, I don't think this case was the same at all. And I think people can argue over if deadly force should have been used or not. But right. it's it's a totally different case. I think everybody should look at every single case, um, you know, n- not with emotion, which I know is hard to do a lot of times, but just look at the actual facts, which is what a, a court supposedly is supposed to do, but yeah. you know, hasn't always done in the past, and you know, and and a lot of times not going to be done now in the present. You know, I've seen so many mm. articles online talking about what happened in Atlanta. Yes. And they're just and, 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 and they're just totally misleading headlines, totally misleading articles. Like I've seen like like you know, TMZ reporting that um that um what's his name? Um Well got, uh, you know, the, the the gentleman that got killed is Richard yeah. Brooks. Richard Brooks that Richard Brooks fell asleep in his car before um uh, being shot dead by police. Now that was that was a headline. Now that may have been factually true, but you're leaving out everything in the middle that happened during there. Like he, the cops did not walk up and he's sleeping in his car and the cops shot him dead. That was not what happened. Of course not. No, you know? no. But, but that's what the headline said. Uh, and, you know, and I've seen other headlines saying that, that he was um, cooperative before being shot dead, which that may be true. That happened before, but there's a whole thing in the middle that happened too. Like, you know, and the cops, if you watch the tape, the cops, the cops were super polite as, as was the victim was super polite during the whole beginning exchange. It wasn't until the cops tried to put the cuffs on him that he started uh, resisting, tried to take a swing at the cops, fought the cops, got the taser from the cops, ran. Right. And then and then the part you left out in your description was he turned around at the cops and shot the taser at the cops. And that's when the cops unloaded on him. So 
you got to look at it like, was the cop right to shoot when being shot at by the taser? And we can argue that, and you know, and that's fine. But you got to you got to you got to tell the actual facts of what happened in the case. He used the taser on the cop. Yes. Yes. Okay. You're but right. He, he was. He was. The description. He he was running away. But then he um, turned around while he was running. I. From what I could tell from the video, it looked like his back was turned to the police. No, the arm. He turned the arm around with the with the taser and shot it at the cops. <clears throat> I thought so, with with the use of a taser, you actually have to be within close proximity. It shoots out like the the taser thing. It shoots does out. shoot out. Okay. Yeah. So it's a taser like the ones that shoot the like wires out, not the yeah. ones that you have to yeah. like stick against. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, so looking at that, you get to you get to think. It's hard about, to okay, tell from so, the video actually. So that he if, turned if, around. If that, if that doesn't deserve being shot, and we can argue that, then are people allowed to walk up to cops and, and swing on them in the streets and shoot them with a taser if they have a taser in their pocket? And that's the and that's what should the repercussion be for that? That's if you're that's a the big problem. There. I mean, being a cop and uh, yeah, well, being a cop is already a hard, hard, hard job. Like it's um, <clears throat> you know, because. Because even though I am, um, I'm very much, uh, I'm very much on one side of the issue when it comes to most political things, and I do believe that there's um, a lot of reform needs to be done for police departments. That doesn't mm-hmm. change the fact that the vast majority of police officers are good people, and they're trying to do a job, and they are, and that job just gets harder and harder and harder like you know you're already dealing usually with people when they're at their worst like no one really wants to see you if you're doing your job correctly and um and it's always there's always so much uncertainty and there's always so much so like yeah i mean what you were saying chach about the um if this is gonna make people bold enough to go and take swings at cops no well no, which that would be a terrible that would be a terrible outcome, a terrible repercussion for this. Yes. And, you know, it's a, we would try to hope that what this can actually do is, like we were saying earlier, build dialogues and build an understanding. Right. right. But, but, but unfortunately. I mean, but, you know, my question is, if, if a cops are staying there, say the cops staying here in like Towson, like there where we live. And mm-hmm. he's just minding his own business. Somebody walks up, um, or the cop's standing there, walks up and, and tries to punch him. He starts wrestling with him. And then that guy takes out a taser and tries to taser the cop while he's standing there. Like, what should the cop do? Because that's the same scenario, basically, what happened in this case. But, you know, what should the cop do? And what should he do in that split second? And we talked about this for the last, um, like, 10 minutes now that we analyzed this. The cop had a half a second to analyze this, what to do. A half a second. I mean, if you if you look at the brain, and I talk about this a lot on my YouTube channel, nice. uh, but if you if you look at how the brain responds under stress, there is a mm-hmm. fight or flight takeover. I mean, that mm-hmm. you're not using your rational thinking; you're literally right. thinking emotionally and irrationally because of survival. So again, I haven't seen the tape or anything, and I'm not excusing. Uh, what occurs when there's there's police brutality, of course. Um, but I do believe, um, just because cops are humans, um, that there is oftentimes shootings that occur that aren't necessarily based in logic. 
it's just the brain is reacting. And if it's right. very split second and you truly do feel and believe that your life is in danger, you're going to react that way. I totally agree with police reform of some way and, you know, all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I think sometimes it's not that they're acting in a way that's um, necessarily racist or, you know, they're out to kill people. It, it is the brain mechanically working in a way that they're not mm -hmm. anticipating. I don't right. know if that's what happened this time, but the, I, yeah, right. that could happen. Like, yeah. Because like but imagine, was, imagine you and us standing there with a gun, like you, you have a gun on you, somebody <clears> comes up and attacks you, rustles you, tries to taser you, and you have a gun, and you're fearing for your life. Because if you get tasered, you can't get knocked out, you can't get your gun grabbed from you and shot with your own what's gun. What's the worst that can possible. happen from being tasered? You can, can have you, a heart can attack. You, you can yeah. have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's why people people do like um, there are people against cops even using tasers, which mm -hmm. that could be a whole other discussion. Right. But I'm saying you look at the George Floyd thing was disgusting. And I'm, and I'm, I'm afraid people are going to take that case and paint it with every single interaction that people have with cops. And like if you're if your goal is is zero um, black people killed by police, it's never going to happen. If your goal is zero police, there are white people because double the amount of white people get killed by cops a year. It's never going to happen if you're going to want to get rid of that. It's always going to be people who get killed by police and who the cops are justified in doing it, you know, and you can still argue with this case whether it's justified or not, but it's going to happen. And well, if, if you're going to pick every case that this happens, then there's not going to be a police force left because you're going to have every cops going to um, either quit or retire. I mean, you know, you know, like we had our own situation here in Baltimore with um, the Freddie Gray stuff, you know, and right. like, and I don't want to argue the specifics of that case, but you know, that happened back in what 2015, I believe. Mm -hmm. So that so. happened. Um, the cops stopped. Um, they stopped policing like how they were before. Like they, they kind of took a step back and stopped, you know, refining the cases and you know calls or whatever. And like you know, like 2011, we had 196 people killed in Baltimore City. Um, 2014 was 211. 2015, the year that happened, we had 344. Um, you know, 2017, 343. Um, 2018, 309. And then last year it was 348 killed in Baltimore City. So mm. you're having cops stepping back in those areas and the murder rate's going way up. It's not the cops are, are killing the people in there in Baltimore City. But the murder rates are going way up. And you're having more dead black people in the city every year. Innocent people sitting out on their front steps getting killed by you know stray bullets and everything. Mm. So that's another problem that is going to be a consequence with um, you know less, less uh, policing. <clears throat> you know? And I'm all for police reform and like i'm all for the cops who like like the george yep. floyd those they, kind just of cops they just announced that they banned the chokehold right exactly which mm -hmm. is, that Absolutely. should have been done a long time ago so yep. positive things are coming out of this but mm -hmm. if you're going to have it where every cop can't defend themselves now and you're going to have the murder rate going up it's going to happen in the city it's going to happen in black neighborhoods and you're going to have more dead black people so the so the thing that you're saying black lives matter and the things that you're saying you're against it's going to get worse for that community and and they shouldn't be killed by cops um you know um you know in, in the wrong way you know if cops are, are in the wrong that shouldn't happen but but you're going to have these cops and cops are already talking about quitting now the force you know and, and people now well, don't want to get the police force what do you have to say about the cop allegedly kicking rashad after he's been shot and the other cop supposedly putting his foot on his shoulder was that on like, video i didn't see that on the video that's what the that's what the article said. 
Um, well, Tyler Perry uh, actually affected him, this, this incident. He's going to pay for the college tuition of all of Rashard's children. He has four children. Hmm. Um, um, he actually, uh, he's actually paying for the funeral services as well. So, um, 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 of course, uh, the cops in the <clears throat> Brianna Taylor, which we haven't talked about the Brianna Taylor mm-hmm. um, incident, but um, apparently Beyonce wrote to, uh, to Kentucky, uh, the attorney, attorney general of Kentucky, to seek justice for Brianna Taylor. Um, I thought Brianna Taylor was in Birmingham. Um, I believe this incident happened in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I um, believe, yeah, in her boyfriend's apartment. I her think boyfriend's it was. apartment. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah, a no-knock warrant. They forced away in the apartment where she was asleep in an arm and just right. fired twenty shots into her home. Yeah, I think that was awful. that was one of the most heartbreaking things. She was actually. She worked on the front lines. Um, she was in the, uh, I think, I believe she was a nurse um, and worked was, in the hospital. That was the wrong, they had the wrong address or something in that case? They had the wrong address, yeah. yeah. So that's a definitely manslaughter um, charge, but they still didn't uh, make any arrests for that. So, but yes, as you know, everything, this, this whole ses- uh, situation has affected Hollywood um, and just daily life. Does. <laughs> um, we talked about the, um, Gone with the Wind being taking off of uh, HBO Max. Now they're supposedly going to bring it back, but add an introduction, placing the film uh, with its historical con- context, because obviously there was a lot of um, stereotypes uh, during its time. So yeah. they're going to have to you know, add a disclaimer to that. I think that- that's a good idea. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I personally, I grew up watching Gone with the Wind and, you know, I'm you a filmmaker and everything. Right. I did. Yeah. Well, um, you know, my family is a huge, we're huge history buffs. So, yeah. Um, Do and- you feel there were stereotypes that considered oh, controversial in that film? Okay. Oh, of course, of course. Um, okay. The backstory I find very inspiring, though, of how the film itself was created not necessarily the storyline um but just the the heroics of making that movie i find that inspiring and very interesting so i find you know watching that movie that to be inspiring about that movie um but also you know uh hattie mcdaniel having mm-hmm. to receive her Oscar at a, I believe, separate hotel because oh, of segregation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, she was the first, she was the first um, black person to receive an Oscar. Yes. And, you know, so there's there's other stories like that about the behind the scenes. And I, I think that that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, as an example of what's wrong, um, but also as an example of cinematic history, it's important to continue to show the film. Yeah. But I love the disclaimer. I think that that's really important also. Yeah, that way they can add it back and, and do some splaining, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because a, the um, the film, I, I never watched The Gone with the Wind, but the, the film showcase, showcases how life really was back then, right? Yeah. Uh, no. Another positive and negative. <laughs> no? What? No? Doesn't? No. Oh, well, I mean, no. It's it's a very romanticized view of the south you know the, um, the antebellum south definitely not an accurate view at all and i think that's the problem is that even with the help you know there's a very romanticized view of segregation in the south and i think that's the problem when you watch these films especially if they're by caucasian people 
um, or solely by Caucasian people, you know, you get a very one-sided view, even if there's well-meaning, I think with the help there, there's well-meaning, um, but you're still getting a very romanticized view. You're not getting the grit and the rawness of, of the wrongs that were done. Well, there's so, 12 years a slave, 12 years a slave is there's that pretty, one. is pretty, um, is, is a little closer to, um, pretty historically accurate, right? Yeah. So I, mean, um, I think Hollywood does that all the time with all kind of movies. They're always, I mean, there's a lot of movies that are just trying to be feel good and not not get into the ugly side of uh, of um, life and history. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the basis of Hollywood is Hollywood wants to show this idealized version of a lot of things. Like you, you which know, is like, why they have that series called Hollywood on Netflix, which is pretty much a revisionist history. You know? Yeah. If you, if you I mean, look uh, at Look at um, Titanic. I mean, that was like a love story, and I doubt there was many love stories going on during the sinking of that ship. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, Hollywood <laughs> has done this for a long time. Like, you know, yeah. they... Hell, hell, look yeah. at... You know, how could how could uh, Monica and uh, Rachel afford that apartment on Friends? <laughs> you know? Well, they explained that. I think it was her grandmother's. Oh, that, okay. And she was... um, What do you call it? She had it locked in, like her um, rent locked in or whatever. Um, I, I forget the term of it, but... Oh, rent control. Rent control. Yeah, they tried to they tried to explain <laughs> it. I, mean, I said I still don't believe she would have had that apartment at all, but <laughs> so but they did try to well, explain it. At least. So that's uh, just really quickly. That's one thing that I love about film is that it doesn't have to be documentaries, right? right but I right. think a lot of people go, and I used to too before I got really into film and TV. You think that what you're watching is an accurate portrayal, especially if it says, you know, based on real life or whatever, but it's not documenting reality. It's a story and it's meant to entertain or, you know, make change through, I don't know, ideas and all that stuff. If you want to watch a documentary, even though documentaries are usually biased by themselves, you know, but I think the general public doesn't realize that. And so because they're not in it, like we are, they don't realize that, so they watch films and they think, you know, that it's an accurate portrayal of history in this case. Um, so I do think it's important to have that disclaimer for sure. I think it's fine yeah. having that disclaimer in front of it. I, I don't like when people start banning things and nobody else can watch it. Like, nobody... <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's right? It's like the band... There's the little general. The little general's coming through. So um, I said, wait, no, wait, hold on, wait, what did you say, um, Vanessa? Banned books. So right, you're yeah, yeah, like, to banned books. Like people ban books, burn books, and like, and you see in other countries, like, um, like Nazi Germany, like the burning of books, you know, and like the Soviet Union and stuff, burning of books. Like, I think I start getting into dangerous territory. Like, you know, Gone with the Wind, you can love it or or hate it, but nobody's forcing you to watch it. You know, if it's on HBO, you don't have to watch it. You can you can subscribe to HBO and not ever view it. I, I love. I lived my whole entire life so far, and I've never seen Gone with the you Wind. To watch it, right? <laughs> but yeah, no one's forced me to watch it. So, like, if I have a problem with it, if I think it's not historically accurate, if I think it, you know, it's slighted, like, I don't have to watch it. And like, I think that's what a lot of people should start doing. And I know they're not going to, but because because there's power in banning stuff, and it makes people feel good to see stuff that um, get banned. But um, I think the you know disclaimers, I think it's fine in my opinion. So a lot of things are being. Uh removed uh other things include an episode of bob odenkirk and david cross's sketch comedy series with bob and david over a sketch that features cross and blackface so we all know that blackface is never okay 
Um, and Odin Kirk actually commented that we considered every choice we made during our show and always aimed to make you laugh and think and never uh, make an obvious or easy point. That very much includes this sketch. Our comedy has always been about the human element, never about making a political point. Um, but nonetheless, um, yes, that episode has been removed. Um, and um, yeah, yeah I, Netflix... I, I mean, it's like, it's like Chappelle did so many great episodes of him, like in Whiteface and stuff. And I know people say, well, it's not the same thing, but um, I personally always think that comedy should, as long as that out to be heartful, like it should have more rain than like serious um, media. You know, like like Sarah Silverman did a, a blackface um, sketch before, where she was making fun of herself. Like she was, she she was saying how bad black people have it in America, and so she was trying to go undercover as a black person, and she had her makeup art, artist, um, right, do her face to try to make people believe that she was a black person. But the makeup artist was horrible, and so it looked more like a blackface stereotype than it did actually making her into a black person. And so she's walking around and people are getting pissed off at her and like throwing stuff at her, yelling at her. And she thought it was because they thought she was a black person, but they were really just offended by her walking around in blackface. And that was a joke. Mm -hmm. like, like she was the butt of the joke because she was too dumb to know otherwise. In right. The sketch. So, so she did that sketch and, and then she like lost one of the, I think a Netflix deal or whatever, because people got offended by it. It's like interesting you later. mentioned Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. Who previously done had had done whiteface on his, on his show? Mm -hmm. They actually just released a 27 minute set on the Netflix YouTube channel. Netflix is a joke. The set is titled 8:46, which is the amount of time, eight minutes and 46 seconds, um, that the uh, officer Derek Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's neck. Um, and I watched this, and it's you know not your typical Dave Chappelle um, set. You know he had a couple moments but he got really serious about the injustices going on um so it's definitely worth a look um he also commented on um kobe bryant's death as well he said he died the day i won a grammy um he won a grammy for best comedy album and um they both had his fucking jersey numbers hanging up 824 that's my birthday i was crying like a baby Ah, what Chappelle mm. said uh, regarding mm. that. So he he talked a lot about the uh, the instances of pr uh, police brutality against blacks, you know, or even over the past decade as well. So a very different set um, for these this particular Dave Chappelle um, uh, special. Um, I think uh, General mentioned Antebellum. So a lot of things are going to be changed with names now. Lady Antebellum, the country trio, decided to drop the latter half of the group name, shortening it to simply Lady A, um, which is a nickname they've already had for years. And um, I guess, however, the, the name the name Antebellum does that have any general use that that term before uh, Antebellum? Um, yeah. So did you know about? the group lady antebellum dropping. i did antebellum? i did yeah. i did read about that yeah all that but it took the name of an already up-and-coming artist who's african-american known as lady <laughs> oh so what what's gonna happen with that I, I again i haven't been looking at the news okay. this week but what i did read uh, uh -huh. was way early on um and i believe as of then lady antebellum had not made a statement um, but Lady 
A, the artist um, was extremely <laughs> upset and pissed because now she's harder to find. Her music's harder to find. Yeah. Her website's harder to find. You know, so, um, yeah, it's a struggle. I, I don't know what's going on right now with that. Interesting. Yeah. So that, that term is about the, the South and the Confederacy? The, the, the name Antebellum? Antebellum it- South. Yeah, the yeah that that's a that's kind of a term for that kind of romanticized idea of the South. It's the antebellum South. Got it. Um, well, the, so now food items are being affected, guys. Um, Quaker <coughs> Oats announced that Aunt Jemima uh, will have to be changed. Now it's interesting. They already changed Aunt Jemima from the former formerly handkerchief wearing on the head yeah. Jemima to the more glamorized Aunt Jemima, but yet that's still that her locks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's still not good enough that that they still have to rebrand um, Aunt Jemima syrup, uh, as well as Uncle Ben's cereal. Um, no rice. Uh, thank you, Uncle Ben's rice. Um, <laughs> that'd be interesting. I have cereal too, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, Uncle Ben's rice. I mean, um, I, they're both stereotypical images of 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 African Americans during that time, and I guess that doesn't fly. Um, it's it's interesting because that's that's 130 years old, the uh, Aunt Jemima brand, but now because of all everything going on, now it's an issue. It's kind of interesting how well I think it's offended earlier. It's I think they probably were. It's like with the Redskins, you know, the Native Americans have been yeah. trying to get Redskins to change, but it wasn't until it was in the spotlight that people actually were like, oh. <laughs> um, so I they think it's still the remain, same by thing. the way. The Redskins still they remain. They do, they do, yeah. which is one reason why I'm no longer a fan. Um, I was when I got down here because of McNabb, but then McNabb left and I was done. Anyway, I mean, no one's no one's a fan of the Redskins. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think it's it's always an issue. It's just now it's um, you know, they're gonna look bad if they don't right, change. Yeah. So now they're willing to change, basically. I think that's yep. what's happening. Yeah. So let's move on to the next topic, and that's um, anything happy, my Jesus. It's the <laughs> pandemic and production. Um, so last Friday, we we mentioned uh, uh, on the show that uh, production can uh, resume in LA, which some people are, I guess, a lot of people are, are happy about, but there's some people that are probably not happy about it, thinking it's too soon. But in the UK, Jurassic World Dominion will resume production uh, in July. Um, so other countries that are not as affected, um, by the pandemic, uh, which includes, um, New Zealand because they have like zero cases now and Avatar is now shooting there. And now in the UK, Jurassic Park will resume, but here in the U S the bold and beautiful will be the first U S television series. Oh, to thank God. Production. Are you happy about <laughs> that? Are you happy? Yeah. Oh, they yeah. actually find received- some good news. Yeah, they resume. They actually resume production today. Our long national nightmare is over. Yeah. The beautiful is coming back. So the cast and crew will be tested for coronavirus daily. Um, make sure the proper protocols are followed. And um, so they had to, you know, obviously with soap operas, there's a lot of intimate scenes. So Bold and Beautiful is trying to figure out how to do this. First, they thought about using the actor's spouse or significant other uh, to replace the actress or actor. That would be so weird as hell. What like, the... put them, like, but, so they get their SAG card? I mean, like... how does that work? Right? That's weird. 
So that was there was a there was a Saturday Night Live sketch right before quarantine happened where they were envisioning this uh, soap opera during uh, the coronavirus panic. And you just see a lot of um, you see a lot of what looks like people hugging with these gigantic, long prosthetic arms. (laughs) That's funny you mentioned that, General, because here's an alternate solution. Even though you have a story for that. There's an alternate um, (laughs) solution as as opposed to using spouses or or significant others. They actually have lifelike blow-up dolls that have been sitting around on set for the past 15 years. (laughs) Oh, right, Um, right. Yeah. Just sitting around. (laughs) So they decided. (laughs) Wait, wait, don't fall for that. Hold on. They're going to dust they have off the dolls. dolls in the set for the last 15 years sitting around. <laughs> la, la, you used the last yes. Why? Um, well, um, why did they have that initially? Um, yes. That's yes. interesting. Um, but they have these dolls and they're going to put wigs on them and makeup on them and they'll be featured in the love scene. <laughs> Why are you serious? So, 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 Al, this so, isn't a joke. This is no, this is serious. Beautiful, yeah. I mean, so, I, I, they didn't the set for the last fifteen years. That's what they said. They were they were on the set. Why? Why? I want to know why. I got to know why. Well, maybe they're not for that particular show, but they were accessible on the soundstage, maybe for whatever reason. Maybe so. They're so, so they're going to have sex scenes. More. They're going to have sex scenes with these like press with these blow up dolls. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Either, either don't do it, or or just take a risk with the coronavirus. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're testing both yeah. um, actor don't. and actress in the scene, and they pass the test, well, go at it. You know, I, I gotta know. admit, like, our like, oh. soap operas, like, I haven't watched a soap opera since it, me. Yeah. Like, I was sick as a yeah. kid, and I was home <laughs> from school. And but are they usually this silly? Yeah, They're not that bad. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, are, you, are you a soap fan, Vanessa? No, okay. no, but I, like, like you, I also caught them when I was homesick, and I, I mean, they're, they're really cheesy, but they're not sex doll cheesy. Yeah, yeah they're, they're really awful shows, like, I used to watch them, like, with my grandmother when I was a kid, and when she would watch me, and then she would watch um, these shows, and, like, they would move at such a slow pace like if there was like somebody in a coma they'd be in a coma for like nine months in real yeah. time you yeah. know it's like the show moves i mean all these other shows nowadays they move really quick but these shows would stretch it out if there was a wedding guy that'd be like two years of playing this damn wedding and it was <laughs> awful and then somebody would die and then they'd be, they'd be back like in four months as like their evil brother or something like evil twin brother i mean just God awful shows. So I I would love to actually be on a soap opera because I think it would be fun, but I don't like to watch them. Just like I love being in musicals, but I don't like actually usually going to watch them. Um, but my <laughs> grandmother, who's ninety eight, watched oh, every single All My Children episode. Oh. Wow. Did she did she refer to them as her yeah. stories? Yes, stories. Huh? <laughs> 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 That's why my nephew calls his show Stories. Uh, <laughs> no, she did not. No. <laughs> I'm general. That's cute. So, did you hear about Scott Bayo and Christy Swanson? They're two of the more conservative actors in Hollywood. Obviously, there's not many. I guess that two, are two of them. open. They're the only two. Well, <laughs> no, there's also there's also John James Boyd. Woods and John Boyd. Hey, you can count them on two hands. Mel- 
Mel what's Gibson, his name? What's his Arnold name? The guy who used to host the Love Connection. Um, uh, Chuck um, he's Chuck Woolery. <laughs> so they almost got in trouble with the union. So apparently they issued a do not work notice against a film starring Scott Bay and Christy Swanson called Courting Mom and Dad because they said they violated the COVID-19 safety protocols. Um, so um, this is clearly an independent film that didn't uh, have the proper um, you know, rules and set. But uh, yeah, they, 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 SAG was on them. And of course, one would wonder if, you know, it, it had to do with the fact that, you know, they're, they lean towards the, the right con- uh, politically. But uh, yeah, trust me, if, if Scott Bayo and you said Christy Swanson, you said Christy Swanson, the original. If, buck. Yeah. If they if they have work, let them work. My God, I don't care what's going on. I don't care if there's meteors from the sky because they're going to find that much work. So let them work. Like, <laughs> like I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You uh, throw somebody a, a, a fucking bone once in a while. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, good news on movie theaters. Uh, Cinemark has announced that uh, they're going to be- begin a phased reopening of, of cinemas um, in Texas starting in June 19th, which is this Friday, which is unusually unusual to hear because I heard Texas actually has has a surge of coronavirus cases. Um, but the rest of the theaters are, theaters are expected to open between July 3rd and July 17th. And... Um, L.A. and New York, they're going to open up their theaters uh, July 10th, supposedly, um, after um, an unprecedented hiatus, um, just in time for the next blockbusters, Mulan and Tenet, with the first two new films that will be released in the theaters. And uh, let's hope that, you know, I mean, I don't think Maryland is doing okay. There's no... Increase last I watched on CNN today, and uh, but there's other states that are getting a surge of cases. So I don't know. We don't want that to happen. Open up the movie theaters and then be a risk for people. So I'm gonna be so happy when the theater opens up, like with a new movie, a new brand new release. I'll like I'll go there in a, in a bubble. I don't care. Like I'm so <laughs> I'm so ready to see a new movie. In, yeah, like, in right. Theater. What when was it? There was on, a, I can't wait for Wonder Woman. There was a Heck restaurant. Yes. There was a restaurant where they had people wear these like inner tubes. What? Where was that? They. Fish tails, Ocean City. Okay, yeah, where they had them yeah. wear these. To... It enforces the social distance, distance, yeah. distancing aspect. They had oh, um. Funny. They had, I think it was over in, it was somewhere in Europe for Burger King. They had the um the crown that was like six foot wide, like you know the <laughs> Burger King paper crown. They had right. big ones, especially for um. For COVID nineteen, just to keep social distancing, it was pretty funny. Right, that was great. That's great. So the Oscars have been uh, delayed to April. I guess they think the pandemic could still be an issue in February, so they're actually going to move it up to uh, April twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, which is kind of crazy because you figure hopefully by twenty twenty one everything's back to normal, but they're already taking a proactive approach to rescheduling. Um, oh, and, and plus, there's been no movies the for the last like three months, so they need that's, more that's time another, to like get absolutely. movies to nominate. That is absolutely true. Yep, that's another factor as well. Yep. Um, the Emmys Governor's Balls uh, Ball has uh, <laughs> Governor's Ball. <laughs> 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 well, that's the big event for the for the Emmys that yeah. supposedly will be uh, scrapped. Um, they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do with the actual Emmys, though. 
Um, they're supposedly going to call it the semi-Emmys, um, even though <laughs> the semi-Emmys, right? Makes me funny. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel will be returning the host, but they're trying to figure out if they need to do this as like a virtual style of an Emmy or not. But I guess because it's September, it's a little... The Emmys are in, 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 in the fall. Or oh. they, the Emmys are in September, typically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, well, that'll probably be around the time of the second surge of coronavirus uh, cases, so... Allegedly. Be, yeah, allegedly, but... Uh, yeah. Well, we love Jimmy Kimmel, so... I mean, I, I do. At least I, I, think he, I, I think he's great, so... He's such a great host, so I look forward to whether his monologue is a virtual or on stage uh, <laughs> of the actual, uh, you know, uh, Emmys. Though, you know, he's he always uh, does a great monologue. Not as good as Ricky Gervais, though. He's the best because he tells the truth. <laughs> um, one of our favorite cons. <laughs> well, yeah, right. One of our favorite cons, Chachi, uh, was the 2017 Star Wars celebration, and sad to announce that. They've already decided to cancel this year's Star Wars Celebration Con, uh, which was supposed to take place the end of August. The next event won't happen until two years from now in Anaheim. Um, it's a little upsetting. They didn't even want to wait till next year. They're going a full two years without this amazing event. Why? Do you all. know? Why two years instead of one? I don't know. Um, but um, maybe because of the deal they had um, to have it in the city of Anaheim because I think they want it in conjunction with the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge theme park, you know, to have an events there and stuff. Mm. So it could be one of yeah. those deals. But, you know, it's sad because, we, you know, that was – Chachi, that was a, an amazing convention. I mean, that was yeah. so much fun. Yeah, um, but, you know, I think every year I think for that convention is too much because they don't have new stuff every year. For Star Wars, I think it's best to like do every other year because like when we went, is they were getting released um, the Last Jedi, Last Jedi, you know, and right. and they and you know they they had a lot of stuff they could talk about, you know, um, but now like what they were, I mean, besides talking about Mandalorian, what would be, Mandalorian and the other series much, as well, yeah. But, but they yeah, don't think they have anything else that would even be ready for the season if they had it this year. That's a, actually another good point as well, because I'm sure production was delayed on maybe some of the other shows that they wanted right. to start this year. Right. So, so. They can you have like a big like debut of like a, a trailer or whatever, you know? Absolutely. Warner Brothers is actually going to do a virtual fan experience uh, called DC Fandom. General, I know you'll be excited about this, including Wonder Woman 1984, like, you know, like a fan thing, not the actual film. Aquaman, The Batman. Um the Battenson version, Rob Pattinson version of Batman, the Snyder cut of Justice League, so kind of like um, what we would expect at a Comic-Con with panels, I imagine what this would be. Um, but yes, this global event will take place on August 22nd. Um, and I will also offer content across DC's television shows. A lot of the CW shows that you love as well will be featured on that as well. Um, and you can check that out on dcfandom.com. Um, pretty exciting. Um, they're doing some COVID-19 uh, relief events. Um, one is called Soundtrack of Our Lives. Um, Sting will be featured. Weird Al Yankovic. Um, Elizabeth Moss. William Shatner. 
Um, a lot of big names. Danny Elfman, Zachary Levi, Reba McIntyre. Um, and that's going to take place on June 25th. Also, there's going to be a COVID-19 um, relief and combination LGBTQ uh, event um, with Adam Lambert, Katy Perry, Billy Porter, uh, Melissa Etheridge, Sia, Ricky Martin are all going to be performing um, for an event called Can't Cancel Pride. As you know, it's now um, the month of June is Pride Month. So um, check those two events out. Um, so you mentioned 19, uh, Wonder Woman 1984, another I movie did. that we want to watch on the big screen uh, has been delayed again. Oh, no. Are you serious? From August 12th to now October 2nd. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. moved later this year now. They still think August is too soon, even though they're still going full force with Milan and Tenet. Um, uh, Tenet is now going to be released on July 31st, previously July 17th. Um, I mean, just imagine this. This has been the worst summer for, it's going to be the worst summer for movies in our lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And that's crazy to think about. I mean, like, it's always been like the most exciting time for any kind of us, any kind well, of entertainment uh, fan. General, he's, 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 he's the fucking worst, right? General, you're the worst. Can we all raise our hands if we think General's the worst in the world? (laughs) You're so loud, General. (laughs) Are you making a smoothie? I know. Does it sound like a blender? What's going on? I thought I like TV shows, but it was on the radio, and you got to make the noise. And General was in the back, like just banging around. They're like, "What the hell is that supposed to be?" Like, <laughs> just to confuse everybody, wondering what they're trying to listen to. I'm being a foley artist. What can I tell you? Yeah, I wanted to get some water, and uh, I'm almost out of it. And so... You're the noisemaker. I love it. Yeah. That's another. That's another uh, moniker to add it for is. you. Um, so because of all these delays with movies, guys, they actually have to move future movies from the release dates that are not even haven't even finished production yet. So like one is a Tom Hanks sci-fi film called Bios, which is now going to release in April of 2021. Matrix 4, which hasn't even shot yet, will now be uh, pushed to spring of 2022. Mm. Um, and Godzilla versus Kong which was supposed to uh, come out Thanksgiving will now be hitting the big screen in May of 2021. So yeah, um, there's a personally for me, um, I had tickets to go see um, uh, new order and the pet shop boys. And that was supposed to be, Oh no, really? Yeah. You know what? That was supposed to be, that that was supposed to be this September. Yeah. And I just got a notification a couple days ago that they moved it out a full year to September uh, 2021. You know, I was thinking about that because when they released tickets, I think the pandemic was just in its early stages, I believe. Yeah. So I actually hesitated on, on getting tickets for that. Interesting you said that. Um, what's sad is like all the shit going on in the world right now, this is the prime time that we would need some like nice entertainment to like yeah. try to make well, people happy and bring people together. It's like the one time we would really need it and, and we don't have it. Well, they, that's why they're doing straight to on demand. Yeah. And it's your television Not screen. You have, a, you have a nice TV, Chachi. You have that big 4K, you know. Thank you. You know, <laughs> um, you know I'm sure that the, the viewing experience is 
still really good. Um, another film is uh, the <laughs> Beatles biopic by Peter Jackson called The Beatles Get Back. That will also be pushed to 2021. Um, but, you know, um, there's still um, theaters open um, in other countries, including uh, Japan and Denmark. And apparently, one of the top movies is Little Women, which just got re-released at the International Box Office. Um, it uh, generated $760,000 uh, from the weekend in 13 markets. Um, That's not that midget porn movie, is it? <laughs> That's based <laughs> on that... You no, know, it's based on the very popular book, Chachi. Oh, Louisa then... May Alcott. Yeah. The 93 then... version is my favorite. Oh. I refuse to watch the modern day one. Oh, you're I not going to watch the new to. one? The... No. What? The oh. 93 one was good enough. Back off. Okay. That's well, I think, I, No, I think, no. Think... Well, no. Actually, Vanessa, no, it's not a modern version. It's just a, uh, it, it was shot recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still, it still takes place in that time mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And leave so well I thought you meant modern alone. day. So when you said no. modern day, I thought it was like a you know current times, but the same story, you know. No, that Little Women to me is like the Empire Strikes Back. You don't really, really? make that film. You oh, don't wow. touch it. You leave it alone. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I refuse to watch it. I'm not giving them any money. Good. Smart. Stand, stand your ground. That's smart. <laughs> I think I think Pornhub lied to me then with that title. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some kind of copyright infringement. Oh man, you don't remember that classic novel, uh, Little Women, Chach? Well, now I do. That that you. Okay. Little okay. Men, Little yeah. Men, the sequel. <laughs> I wouldn't watch so, that. I mean, that's that's a totally different like Pornhub category. <laughs> um, <laughs> a trailer just dropped for Jude Law and Carrie Coon's upcoming movie called The Nest, um, which will hit theaters in September 18th. Um, it actually debuted at Sundance Film Festival, which myself and Vanessa attended, which was, I didn't get to see, that was uh, one of the movies I did want to see, but didn't get to check that out. But upcoming films in production include Olivia Munn's uh, sci-fi film called Replay. Mm. That's in pre-production right now. Also, um, Elizabeth Moss, um, Chachi, I know you're a fan of hers. But I'm being sarcastic because I know you're not a big fan of hers. Um, well, who is she? Um, she was the girl in the the Invisible Man. Oh Hannah yeah, Carol, yeah. yeah. Um, most recently in uh, the film Her Smell, Queen of Earth. Um, she'll be in a new film called Run Rabbit Run, which is described as a ghost horror thriller. And uh, Elizabeth Moss has really shown that she's uh, really good with those horror films. She was great in that um, that film Us. Um, by Jordan Peele. I don't know if you saw Us, but that was uh, crazy. That film was crazy. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, wasn't it good? And uh, Lizard Moss was great in that as well. They had a um, great... Um, Universal Studios had a great um, Us um, haunted haunted attraction down for Halloween Horror Nights. That I would love to have seen that. Probably one of my favorite ones they had um, last season. Oh, that sounds cool, man. I'll have to check that out. If possible in october <laughs> um another movie is called the miracle club based on original screenplay by jimmy smallthorn um and it stars maggie smith kathy bates and laura linney of ozark such i know you're a big fan of ozark um oh, yes yeah and uh, she does you know she's uh she plays the wife of jason bateman's character and uh 
but she's uh, going to do this film now. And uh, it's an original script. Can you believe it's not based on a book or a comic book or, a, you know, or anything crazy like that or a remake or a reboot, a completely true original film based on the original. Wow. That, that's like crazy. I'm like, <laughs> going away. Hey. <laughs> hey. Also, um, <laughs> Lily James, I loved her in the film uh, yesterday. Um, been talking? What film was gonna, that? She's going to be a movie called Peggy Joe. Um, and um, Philip Noyce is uh, set to direct this true crime love story. If you're a fan of uh, true crime genre. Um, also, Viggo Mortensen uh, may be uh, collaborating with Peter Farrelly again. As you know, he was uh, nominated for his performance in Green Book. Um, and he will be uh, now working on his Farrelly's next project, a Vietnam War set dramedy. Uh, cool. Skydance Media. Okay. So I guess this is still untitled, but it's a movie adaptation of a book by Joanna Malloy. Um, so there you go. And this is one that's, I don't know, a lot of people have uh, expressed their disappointment with is Kristen Stewart portraying Princess Diana in a new film. Um, oh. So I don't mind Kristen Stewart. I thought she did fine in Twilight. But you're, this is an iconic role of Princess Diana, which we can see on Netflix, you know. Um, somebody help me. What's the, sh- the that's crown? Thank you. The crown. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not sure why they're taking this. But this will be um, a very specific part of Princess Diana's life. Um, and in the, the, the drama is called Spencer. And it's... In the early 90s, when Diana was separated from Prince Charles. Oh, so yeah. when the uh, when the when it first came out, that Prince Charles had that affair with um, Camilla Bowles. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and um, yeah, Diane. So I guess it will focus on her over the course course of her final Christmas holidays. And then also um, the relationship was strained due to the extramarital affairs, as you alluded to, General. And then, of course, the, the sad traffic <laughs> accident, accident in 1997, which sadly killed um, Princess Diana. Um, wait, 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 how's the, how's the Alice drink? Take a sip of his drink with this sound. The General was like, like playing maracas over there. <laughs> like, how, how does that work? I don't understand why it makes so much noise. Look at Look, you hear Alan, you hear anything. Can you yeah, hear that? Yeah, it's like, it's, like you're playing, it's like you're playing fucking Yahtzee over there. <laughs> oh, man. We also have a, um, a biopic uh, based on Lemmy of Motorhead. General, are you a Motorhead fan? I love Motorhead. Oh, you I'm do? Okay. He's lived a pretty insane life. So yeah. there's, there's lots of story lot, to tell in the biopic. A lot of stories to tell in that so, movie. Yeah, it's called Lemmy, uh, directed by Greg Oliver. And um, yeah, <laughs> it will follow uh, Lemmy Kilmister's early life in England. Um, but, uh, yeah, that should be cool. Another, uh, biopic in the works is, uh, tennis great Arthur Ashe, um, which w- will actually, um, be penned by Kevin Wilmot, 
who actually um, worked on Black Klansman. And um, I'm not really too familiar with Arthur Ashe, but apparently he was um, a well, he was star. A, yeah, he was groundbreaking. He was like the first African-American tennis yeah. player. Well, uh really successful successful right and um in some ways i mean he's seen as being as historically significant as like jackie jackie robinson or um trying to think of um, he sadly died of aids so i guess yeah yeah they're gonna um highlight that aspect uh, i guess as well or just maybe died of aids well he no no he died in 93 okay yeah i was gonna say man yeah, 1993 from AIDS-related pneumonia. Um, so yeah, so they're going to do a lot of, um, you know, looks like with this BL, BLM uh, movement, uh, more um, African American-focused films um, like Arthur Ashe biopic. Uh, Kiki Palmer, uh, who's Hustlers, is going to star in a thriller called Alice, of a story of a woman trapped in slavery in the 1800s Georgia plantation. Um, and, uh, apparently this is kind of like an interesting twist, but she discovers upon her escape that's actually 1973. So I guess, is there some time travel involved? I don't know. It's kind of interesting. So she, she gets free, but this, and she gets free 73. It's 1973 and not the 1800s. That's kind of, that's kind of cool. That's like the village meets that Brendan Fraser movie. Yeah. Blast from the past. <laughs> well, Dave Chappelle did that kind of same kind of skit. Remember? Really? Like something happened. Like this this family of slaves. I mean, it wasn't like time travel, but this family of slaves were in hiding for like you know for like a hundred years, and and they never knew that slavery was over. And they finally got out to where the, the people were, and they thought slavery was still going on. And like oh. you know, like like they see like some white woman walk by, and this guy is all looking at her, and, and they're like. Like, what are you doing? You can't look at that white woman. You know, like they're all like trying to stop them. They're like, what are you talking about? She's hot. Like, it's a pretty funny skit. <laughs> so check that one out. Will Smith going to star in, um, in a true story of a runaway slave during the Civil War called Emancipation, which will be directed by Antoine Fuqua. That's another um, um, very, you know, I guess, um, yeah, these films are starting to, I guess, come about, I guess, due to this, uh, maybe. Yeah. Um Naked. So this is a moment. This is a moment. Yeah. 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 So what have the Star Wars, um, the newer Star Wars stars been up to? Um, well, John Boyega uh, is, is going to star in a film called Naked Singularity, where he plays an attorney um, who starts to question the criminal justice system after losing a case that results in its suspension. Pretty interesting. Um, and then that, of course, is Finn and Poe. Oscar Isaac has two big projects coming out. Uh, one with Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway and Donald Sutherland called Armageddon Time. Um, and uh, it's a coming of age story that explores friendship and loyalty against the black backdrop of America. Um, poised to elect Ronald Reagan as president. Ah, does that catch your attention there, Chachi? No, because I'm sure it's going to be all negative against them. So. <laughs> well, I don't, th- I don't think Reagan is the focus. Okay, so it takes place in the 80s, you're saying? Yeah, but okay, it's, uh, 
Yeah, I guess it's poised. They're poised to elect Reagan as president. We know it all the 80s. I know, exactly. Poe Dameron, Oscar is also attached to star in a movie London based on a short story by Joe Nesbo and Ben Stiller will be directing that one. Um, the details of that project is under wraps. And Ray, um, Daisy Ridley, um, will be doing um, a project called Baby Yaga. Interesting. It sounds like Yoda. Baby or Baba? Ba- yeah, Baba thank you. Yaga? I think it's yes, Baba thank Yaga. You. Okay. <laughs> what, do you know, what do you know about Baba Yaga? I'm not familiar. <laughs> That's from was- Russian mythology. It's uh, oh, cool. with okay. I for yeah. a grandmother, but I think it's a witch. It was my debut um, starring role as uh, a tree when I was in pre-K. <laughs> I was in that show. <laughs> really, okay, that's cool. a that's a pretty dark um, dark story. It for, was like, a very a dark. Story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this will be a <laughs> virtual. Re- <laughs> yeah, this will be a like. The Baba Yaga, I mean, the whole thing, and it's like really weird. It's like she was like this yeah. witch that would get children and eat them, and she lived in this house with chicken legs. Oh, cool. <laughs> like, so you guys are very like, it's kind of like Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, kinda, kinda, but the, except yeah, with a house with chicken legs. Like literally, it was a house with le- <laughs> like these chicken legs underneath, and um, yeah. So this one's being. <laughs> Build as a VR project, virtual reality uh, type of. Oh, show. that's cool. So. Um, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it leads me to believe that it'd be partially animated. Maybe it has some 3D elements to it, but I guess is they're doing something. Film release. This is an upcoming film release. Yeah. Oh, film release. Yeah. Um, yeah. Virtual reality producers, uh, their next VR project will, um, yeah, be a film uh, called Baba Yaga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, in comedy films, um, as you know, Pete Davidson uh, had success with the King of Staten Island, which is on demand now. Him and Colin Jost, his SNL buddy, uh, will be working on a film called Worst Man. It's an original comedy actually written by Colin himself. And Constance Wu and Sam Hogan have joined romantic comedy forces. Um for a film called Mr. Malcolm's List. So um, that's the upcoming uh, film to look out for. And uh, Chach, I know you're a big fan of... Um, um, what's his face? I definitely am. I mean, he's 100% I am. And I think <laughs> I think this this kind of um, genre, I think, is, 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 is the best that you're going to see nowadays. Yeah, it's the reunions. Reunited, reunited Apart, Josh Gad's Quarantine YouTube series. Um, has uh, has a reunion of the Ghostbusters. Oh. Yes, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, nice. Ernie Hudson, and Sigourney Weaver, um, the latest installment of his show you can check out. This last one since um, Splash? Yes, I think this is the, the newest one, yeah. And this one will excite the general. Game of Thrones star Daniel Portman, Gemma Whelan, Ewan Rian, Kristen Narn and Natalie Tenna will be playing a virtual game of Dungeons and Dragons. Awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so cool. yeah. I knew you'd like that, General. Yeah. Although myself and Chachi are big Game of Thrones fans, I have very limited experience with the Dungeons and Dragons. You know what? You know General, what? We, know should, you... we should we should do a virtual game of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and we and we should film it. 
<laughs> I still have I still have the books somewhere in my basement. I could dig them out and I could be <laughs> yeah, a dungeon get master. The books on your desk right next to you, General. <laughs> you talking about. Don't like. I love it, man. It was a cool cartoon in the '80s, um, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, I remember that. that. Was my um, only experience. Okay, well, um, yeah. If you're gonna play Dungeons and Dragons, you might as well play with the Game of Thrones cast. I think that's pretty, yeah, absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Um, let's see. Um, I guess this will be a good time to take a Chachi's classic cut break, and we'll get back. Once we get back, we'll go into television, um, and then bring on our special guest, actor Madison Smith. So, uh, Chachi, take it away. Where are my dogs at? It is time for King Chachi's Classic Cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. It's not a horror, and I and I see. I want, I want. Chachi. Alright, we got Chachi's Classic Cut back once again, where I handpick a song out of the Dusty Archives. For your weekly orgasm. <laughs> um, well, we got everybody graduating now, and I think pretty much everybody's out of school, right? Um, yeah, unless they have summer school. Think yeah. of, well, school ends here in, on Friday, or I guess that's two days from now. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. Well, school's definitely out. Um, I think I feel bad for the people graduating this year from high school. They had the worst year. Um, in their lifetime to graduate. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah. Is it is it worse for people graduating from high school or for or from college? I think high school. You, you so? miss prom? Yeah, you miss yeah. prom and senior days and painting your teacher's car. Yeah, senior week. Yeah. And... Wait, wait, painting your teacher's car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing sure naughty what, stuff when yeah, it's sure okay. Kind of like um, Hillam School you went to. <laughs> <laughs> your teacher's car <laughs> but you gotta figure like all the stuff that they've lost this um year that is like for me i think it was probably the best half of the semester of all you know kindergarten yeah, year and, a half. And, and they probably just went home like back in march thinking like okay this might be a couple weeks and then just totally ended the whole entire year and now they're having like you know no graduation oh, we thought it was only we, we thought it was only gonna be a month right <laughs> And yeah. no graduations, you know, that's a huge thing. And, like, even they try to push it back, a lot of these kids go to college and go away to college so that you can't even have it, like, in the fall if you want yeah. to have it. You really kind of got, um, you know, screwed there. And, like, like you said, well, even with college, like, the people who, like, wanted to say goodbye to their friends, um, they didn't get a chance to. And with both of these kind of graduations, you're going to see people in school that you're never going to see again the rest of your life like when you graduate you're like oh i'll see these people all the time no there's going to be people that you're good friends with you're never going to see again the rest of your life and it's just the way things happen so it's pretty sad but this is a song i picked um and that kind of inspiration and dedicated to all the um people in school who lost out on you know all the great stuff of like their senior year this is school's out for the summer and school's out forever by alice cooper and all right. Out in 1972, so a bit of an older cut for me, but I think it's pretty appropriate for this. Yeah, usually stick the 80s uh, at the earliest, but here we're going with yeah. 70s here. All right, guys, we'll be back right after the classic cut. Peace. <laughs> 
songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. So that was the classic cut. That was uh, school's out for summer. All right. My daughter, my daughter, who I guess now the blow the belt audience, collective audience now know all about. Uh, she uh, she told me that every year at their school they play that on the last day of school. Oh, cool. so oh. so maybe it's not quite as subversive as it used to be. <laughs> they play what? School's out. The Alice oh, okay. Cooper song. classic cut. Yeah, the classic cut. All right. So we have actor Madison Smith joining us on Below the Belt Show shortly. So let's throw out a couple television things. So as you know, it's uh, kind of cool to have. I'm excited about um, Hamilton. Um, it's going to be, um, I think, on is Disney Plus, I believe. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when does that when does that come out? That I think um... that comes. I think that comes out in July. So With I've the original probably, um, performers, right? Exactly. That's yeah, because. Disney so a, Disney Plus has had kind of a kind of a rough go recently with uh, original material. <laughs> yeah, since so Mandalorian. I think that's why this is needed for them. Yeah, because they that movie Artemis Fowl just came out and apparently it's awful. Is it that bad? I haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah, I liked Onward. Onward was a fun film. Yeah, Onward. I saw Onward last week at the drive-in. Oh, you did? Cool. Here in Maryland, yeah. Oh, you did the drive-in theater. Nice. Yeah, it was Onward, and it was the um, the most recent Star Wars movie. Did it feel normal doing the drive-in movie? Did it feel like... Uh... It felt, yeah, it felt cool saying it. It felt like um, it was, you know, a great night. Um, and I always how loved the drive-in theater. How do they do the sound now at drive-in? Because they're... Through the radio. Speakers. Yeah, like you, you oh, tune so it to like... Oh, so they have like, like an, an You tune like 105.3, I think it is, and like and that's tuned to the... Um, so it's through your nice speakers of your um, vehicle. If you have a nice, if, if you, you have do. nice speakers. <laughs> but I mean, back in the day, it used to be like a little teeny speaker. You used to sit there on your window. Yeah. yeah. That's right. like, like crap. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the next Broadway show that will be, it's actually going to be on HBO. It's David Burns American Utopia, which was directed by Spike Lee. That will actually be um, um, sh- shown on HBO. David um, Byrne is one of the uh, coolest men in history. Yeah, he you is, met him. Um, sorta, <laughs> not exactly. Yeah. I was, uh, I did watch him speak at a, um, but just in just in terms of like all of all that he's created throughout his career and the wide variety of things he's done, I he's a he's a cool fucking guy. Are you familiar think, with his Broadway play? Sold no, out. I'm not. No, sold not, out from but... October to February, February of this year, sold out um, every night pretty much. So that's a big one there. Um, I think General has a crush. I do. He's like gushing over there. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, they're going to do an HBO show about the uh, the pandemic. It's going to be called Coastal Elites. Wow. Stars uh, stars Bette Midler, Caitlin. <laughs> oh, Bette Midler, awesome! I'm there. Yeah, Dan Levy, <laughs> Sarah Paulson, and Issa Rae. And have I ever? Have I ever? Like, I, I used to go on these rants about how much I hated Bette Midler no. for, for a while. <laughs> oh, you did? I don't know. Hey, I did. I did on one of the episodes of Below the Belt Show because okay. it was uh, Captain Nick was uh, kept uh, kept telling me what you didn't love 
for the boys in that movie. Oh, <laughs> for the boys. Oh my god. No way This is cool. This will be um so uh it'll kind of be like a confessional type of show where uh, a group of characters will deliver a confessional. Mm. Uh which is which is going to be produced entirely under quarantine and will well, that, air, that would... air in September. Yeah, that would that that actually would suit well because you can do those kinds of confessional things as yes. just um, you gotta be creative during the yeah. Point, you know? I mean, how do you not like Bette Midler in Hocus Pocus though? I want to know that much. Seriously, <laughs> I know I think she's, she's great in that. Genius. Yeah, yeah. I keep thinking like of uh, I keep you thinking like Hocus Pocus. I don't. I'm not sure I've ever seen Hocus Pocus actually. Well, watch it. Oh, watch so it. If you don't watch it now, watch it. Um, yeah. I um, just remember. I just remember there was a summer a where I was forced to watch Beaches like three or four times. <laughs> God, I hated that movie so much. Because <laughs> I was like, I was like 11 or so, maybe, and. Uh, <laughs> and that. And like ruthless people. I'm looking down her. Um, yeah, yeah, um, she's a legend. She's a legend, guys. Um, wait, wait, watch Hocus Pocus, General. That's your homework for the next show. All right, I'll do that. I can do that. I have still yet to watch this show, and you know it's one of my favorite actresses, Anna Kendrick, called Love Life, and season two already green lit. And uh, HBO Max is doing something a little bit different. Instead of like the one episode a week, they're doing like three episodes a week in chunks instead. Um, which I think you know is what's a cool. way cool. underrated show that's on HBO Max? The show called uh, Search Party. You know what? The season three trailer just dropped for that, actually. Yeah, yeah. That was underrated, such, huh? Yeah, that was such a good show. That was such a well. So it's show. formerly HBO, <laughs> and now it's just HBO Max, or was no, it on no? Netflix? It was actually on T- TBS. Okay, that's so TBS. Cool. Okay. Well, Alia Shawcat, she's awesome. We got to hang out with her at the uh, Creative Coalition um, inauguration party. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago. Yeah, she's awesome. But um, is, so that's a fun show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they're doing a season three because it seemed like season two would be the end because <laughs> they yeah. had a they had a very definitive ending and a very because it so starts. Will out, they have the previous seasons on HBO Max? So one, I would one think and two. so. Yeah, the first season starts out and it, and it it goes in one direction where you think it's this kind of like light comedy kind of like girls or something like that or these like stupid, you know, New York hipsters. Mm-hmm. And then it gets super, super fucking dark <laughs> in a way cool. that you would not expect. Cool. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. This fun. This film sounds really fun. This will be on Netflix. Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. Love Rachel McAdams. Got to hang out yeah. with her. At the 2016 SAG Awards, um, they're going to play an Icelandic pop duo called Fire Saga um, with dreams of competing in the Eurovision Song Competition. This reminds me of that uh, movie. That the Will ice skating did. movie. Yes, yes, exactly. That Will did with John Peter. Blades um, of Steel. Blades of Glory. Blades yeah. of Glory, yeah. Yes, Blades of Glory. And the Wedding Crashers <clears throat> filmmakers, uh, David Dobkin, uh, directs. So that's cool. Oh, Has wow. he not been funny in a while, though, Will Ferrell? I'm trying to think the last f- thing he was in that was Wasn't he? He was in some kind of skiing movie recently, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I haven't seen it, but apparently that got really bad reviews. Oh. That was one of the films at Sundance. 
Yeah, what is with yeah. with these um, comedians when they 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 have like a string of great movies and all of a sudden like they'll hit this slump for like years like like Eddie Murphy did it. Um, Adam Eddie Sandler Murphy's did back it. Now, I think. What? Eddie Murphy's back now. Yeah, I think he's coming back. You know, yeah. to his old like raunchy self, which I think is hilarious. One of the best. <laughs> one of the best has ever done it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they hit these slumps. Like Adam Sandler hit that long slump, which I think. Well. It's pretty hard to be consistently funny. I mean, a a good example of that is um, Greg Daniels. Like, have you guys seen Space Force? I've watched the pilot. I haven't. I haven't. Okay. He was so slow. Yeah. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. Yeah. I was. That's that's where I was going with that too. It's really. No, I saw, I I've yeah. only seen I've only seen the first two episodes and I'm okay. not sure I'm going to go back because yeah, it was not that. funny at all. Yeah. And so I have I have Apple. Um, was Apple Plus? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I have that for free with, you know, with my iPhone and I barely I never watch it. Like nothing's really has has grabbed me. Um, I watched the platform. pilot of Servant. You should try Servant. Yeah, I'm not Shyamalan. Not because I'm in it, but uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you should give that a shot. The first episode was really <laughs> It really, it really grabbed. I'm not gonna watch it for that. Yeah. Uh, All right, that's right, guys. Let's go ahead and introduce our special guest (laughs) on Below the Belt Show, the Quarantine Edition. We have actor extraordinaire Madison Smith joining us. Madison, good to have you back for the second time on Below the Belt Show. This is a little new format we're doing with the whole pandemic quarantine uh, business, but good to have you on BTB. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here, and yeah, I mean. It it looks like you're in space, so that's always good. Yeah. And, and like, like you're like in a photo booth, right? This is this is where I film self tapes now. So nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. I was about to say that there's a very self tape uh, cue of a, of a curtain I, I noticed yeah. there. Which... I usually have it separate, like in a different spot. But I I felt a little embarrassed of all the superhero stuff I had behind me. I was like, oh, that's okay. Maybe oh, you, you should totally show the superhero yeah. stuff. Don't get me wrong. It was like I I very much am proud of it. It's just one of those things that becomes a little distracting. Okay. <laughs> if I could explain my wall, I have a a real drawing of Superman. I have two puzzles. Oh my that god! I you together. you have to show it now. Okay. Well, I'm the problem excited. is the problem is where everything else is because it's really a mess. But let's just show. So that's oh, my that's wall. Really nice. Wow. You got your Captain America shield too. I love it. And so that's a backpack on the show, so we're happy to see that. So course, I guess before that's a backpack, we get into... actually, just so you know. So awesome. it, it must have been a dream come true to, to to get that role on Supergirl, then, obviously because you're such a, a fan of the comic book genre. Hundred percent, honestly. When I got to, so I I've done two episodes in the Berlanti verse. I did the first episode of Legends of, of Tomorrow, and that was really cool because I got to meet Brandon Routh, who was Superman. And that was really cool. Oh, cool. And then being on Supergirl, Supergirl was really cool because they had, you know, they had a neon sign at the production office and right there, like I took a picture there. I mean, everything was very cool. I, I didn't get to do a lot, but basically my agent was like, hey, it's a bit of a smaller role on, on Supergirl. Are you interested? And I said, um, it's Supergirl. I, I'm, I'm the <laughs> fan. Like, I'll just go. <laughs> I, don't, no. I don't need to get paid. I, I tuned into your episode today, actually, Madison. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's interesting because on Legends of Tomorrow, you played a frat boy. Mm-hmm. And here, you're also playing a frat boy named Josh. Yep. So I thought, that, like, I figured you're like, okay, you're like the frat boy of the DC Arrowverse. <laughs> so I remember 
I was on Legends of Tomorrow when I was there and I talked to the creator of the show and I was like, hey, so obviously, you know, this is a time travel show and we die. Is there a chance that maybe we just like come back in every episode and, and just keep dying? And he goes, <laughs> that's actually a good idea. And then he walked away and I was like, maybe <laughs> that's going to happen. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, four years later, I'm playing a frat guy again. I don't know if it was their plan. But I'm gonna go ahead and say that it was it was all part of the plan. Oh yeah, <laughs> perfect. Frat guy in real life? Am I a frat guy in real life? No, I was a uh, when I was in college, I played baseball. So uh, my frat was kind of you know the the baseball team, which to a point may have been worse because yeah, we are. They, I mean, when you they threw a hell of a party. Our the baseball team at the college I went to, they they. So they, 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 those guys were partiers just as much as any fraternity. Oh, yeah. Like there were times. I mean, when I lived, I lived in a place called Kelowna, British Columbia. And Kelowna was one of those cities that it didn't have a lot of bars, but it had each of the bars was designated for a different night of the week. Yeah. So we had a different. The only two nights that really didn't have a bar night were Tuesday and Wednesday. But Wednesday had wings night at all the pubs. So pretty much from Wednesday to Monday, we were at a different pub every week. I love it. Wow. I love the good old days. Yeah. Those are the good old days. Yeah. Now I haven't had a drink in like a year because I'm knocked out for basically two, two and a half months, pretty much from one white claw. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, got it's terrible. <laughs> so the, your Super Bowl episode was a lot of fun. Um, you apparently uh had some temptation with these rage pills i guess doing a little mm-hmm. bit of a intergalactic drug deal i guess <laughs> which is crazy and turned into this monster uh how did you like uh, the scene and um I, I guess was it prosthetics or cg it was hard to tell with your character what well, was we going actually on? had um there were two um gentlemen who ended up playing us as the the large rage dude, ah so. that wasn't you okay no yeah they basically um sort of as soon as we take it they make us look real big with two actual massive men like oh, the one guy okay. i do know one of them who was uh in the scene his name is andre and he's a vancouver actor and he is i think six seven you know he's <laughs> right. he's upwards of like 300 pounds but like uh-huh. muscle like he's yeah. just like a massive guy so uh-huh. standing next to him there's no there's no acting going on you're like yeah you, <laughs> If you were mad at me, I, I would die. It's pretty much the Incredible Hulk powers in the form of a pill, I guess, right? Absolutely, yeah. And then, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. Like, I mean, I only got to do a couple scenes, but getting to work with, uh, you know, with Brainiac 5 was just really cool because he, yeah. <laughs> he was a blast. And Melissa. I had the, oh, yeah, loved- honestly. Like, some of the scenes we got to do, like, the interrogation was a blast because the director kind of just was like, okay, let's try it a thousand different ways and let's see what we use and it was kind of interesting i just watched the thing about american psycho where they talk to uh willem dafoe about that he's playing the cop in that and they ask him to do it three different ways they ask him to do it as if he knows the guy's a suspect suspects him or is oblivious and, and to a point we did that on supergirl um now i'm no willem dafoe i'll tell you that much but it was a lot <laughs> of fun to see the episode air and to go through and be oh i know this take oh i know this take oh i know this and it was like pretty fun to watch yeah 
General, your celebrity crush is uh, Melissa Benoist, right, General? Yes, it, yes, it so is. We got to yes, ask Madison, what, what was it like working with the beautiful and talented Melissa? I actually, unfortunately, <clears throat> didn't get a chance to be on set with her. I, uh, oh. I, yeah, I know so, it was one of the like. So, the, so you and I had that. Oh, that in common, so that was your that was your doppelganger with muscles when she when <laughs> yeah, she flew exactly. to the scene. Oh, yeah, exactly. on set for that day. Got it. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only unfortunate part was I mean I I got to take pictures with Superman sign, but not Supergirl. Oh, that's <laughs> but fair. honestly, I'll, fair. I'll say this like she she took on the role and made it so fun like it's it's a pleasure to get to watch you know her do it so i mean just to get to be in a show where you know she's doing her thing that was awesome awesome mm-hmm. awesome awesome so tomorrow thursday uh june 18th um season two of the order drops and uh i'm a new fan of the order i just started watching i know your episodes are i guess somewhere midway through the season somewhere midway uh, through yeah okay cool your character's orbin um can you talk to us about the character? I can't talk too much about him tonight. Um, That's fair. Just because I can't, I can't give too much away. Um, but I can say that... Just FYI, this will air after Thursday. This will air after Thursday. Okay, well, for anybody <laughs> who hasn't seen it by then, just in case. <laughs> That's always the scary part, you know? You're like stepping on pins and needles the whole time before <laughs> something like You're like... Like, did you work with Sarah Gray? And you're like looking around for <laughs> to be like. I was, I was yeah. gonna ask you that. <laughs> yeah. so, but go ahead. What I will say, and and it'll make a lot of sense for people who have watched it and people who are about to. Um, first season sort of introduces the order, which is the Hermetic Order of the Blue Rose, which is the practitioners that we know. And the second season introduces that there are more than one faction of practitioners in the world and i may or may not i may be a part of another faction another faction oh so these other factions have different abilities i'm guessing to a point different abilities everybody has the ability to use magic but some people do it differently um i won't give too much away but the order um if you remember from the first season or if anybody are watching it right now they have to do a mini sacrifice um, to to do any such type of magic. So they mm-hmm. cut their hands, mm-hmm. and that's how they do magic because oh, every wow. bit of magic comes with a cost. Now yes. in my group, it's a little bit different. We don't need to do stuff like that because we kind of are constantly making sacrifices, and that will be made apparent when you watch the episode. All right. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see what faction you're a part of. Uh, whether you're a neophyte or where you're other some kind of crazy character, but we we look forward to seeing that. I think it's a well well produced show, both on on the cinematography level to the actors involved to the the writing. Um, reminds me of the the magicians on sci-fi if you've ever seen that. Um, some interesting uh, similarities so far. Yeah, and I'll I'll say case. this like. Honestly, the production team, like Dennis and Shelly, the, the two creators, they are so fun to work with. They are so, you know, they're they're geniuses. And they've made a show in which, you know, it, it does to a point feel like a 10-hour movie. Um, even every kind of the way the episodes are done, it's like oh. uh, every two episodes are kind of one. So it's like five really long episodes rather than 10 short episodes. 
mm. which is really cool, which is why I sort of mine takes place over five, six and seven, because those ones end up being very much a part of one storyline of the season. Awesome. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, the cast itself. I mean, I got to work very closely with Jake Manley and um, Sarah Gray. Jake and Jack was the hardest thing for me to get my head around the whole time. Yeah. The lead's name, Jake Manley, and his his character's name is Jack Morton. So <laughs> Easy to get today, confused. Yeah, that was a coin flip of if I was going to get it right or not. But uh, yeah, I got to work closely with them. And every day was a blast on set. I got to have some of my favorite scenes I've ever got to work on on set. I got to have some great days with, yeah, a, a good script, a great cast. It's kind of one of those things where you're like, wow, this is a nice little nice little job I got to do. That is mm-hmm. awesome. How about very working cool. With, talk about Sarah, working with Sarah. She's lovely and very talented. Who plays Alyssa. Um, mm-hmm. What can you say about your interaction with her? I... Sarah is the character, her character is the person I interact with the most in the episode, or in the season. Um, love interest, perhaps? There's, <laughs> there's, uh, I, let's say there's connection, okay. um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> nice. So I got to work really closely with Sarah Gray, and, you know, from sort of day one, you know, we have this scene where we're driving in a truck, and it's a big truck, and we're kind of off-roading. And, you know, it's it's our first scene. Um, we're not really like we haven't really met each other. It's kind of like I'm in the truck driving and then she gets in from makeup. And that's our sort of hello. I'm Madison. And she's like, hi, I'm Sarah, because that's her name. And uh, so basically that was hello. And all we have to do and anybody who knows set kind of knows when you're driving, you drive a lot. You drive in circles for yes. a very long time. And <laughs> absolutely we are going and i it's a big truck um that we're using one that is more difficult to drive backwards than a lot of other trucks but it's very easy to drive forward through trees so uh, (laughs) they basically ask us to kind of literally turn into this little ditch and just do a ue because this thing is like an off-road vehicle and they ask us to do this a whole bunch of times. And I'm getting more and more comfortable. I'm going faster and faster. We're having a great time. And at one point, she's got her phone out. She's, you know, taking a little selfie video of us. And right when I do, the front right tire where she's sitting goes into a little ditch. And we come back out. Her phone hits the roof. She <laughs> comes real close to hitting the roof. And I was like, Man. uh-oh. Oh, wow. Day one. First scene, and I'm already almost kicked off the show. Oh, so, no. <laughs> luckily, wow. she was okay, and so was her oh. phone. So, uh, and and you know, we were we were good friends after that. I, it kind of was like a nice way of getting to know somebody. <laughs> How was the audition process uh, for landing the role uh, of Orban? Actually, kind of awesome. Um, I saw on the breakdown, it was a director I've worked with in the past. Her name is uh, Marita, and she did a movie I did in the back in the past called Four Christmases and a Wedding, which uh, is, uh, the title doesn't give away, takes place over four Christmases, and then there is a wedding. It's just in case <laughs> anybody didn't get that. Um, so I have to work with her, and then I saw she was the director of these episodes, mm-hmm. and I was very excited. So I get there and I do the, I see her, she comes on in and give her a big hug pre-COVID time. So that was okay. Of course. Yeah. And <laughs> then I get the scene. 
she seemed really happy. And um, then, you know, I, I went home. Then we got callback sides for a, a different day. Now, when I got the callback sides, I felt really good about my first audition. Callback sides were sent to us at 10 a.m. And the audition was at 4 o'clock the same day. Mm. So I had six hours. And it was a four-page scene Ooh, with only yeah. dialogue. So I had yeah Crunch six time. hours Crunch time. To, mm. to just memorize these. Mm. I uh, I basically did nothing else for the rest of the day. I think mm. I may have eaten like a Cliff Bar at some point, but otherwise, all yeah. I was doing. Was you got to get those around. lines down, man. No doubt. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, it pay, and it paid off. It paid off. I I think Marita seemed to really enjoy it. She said, even on the first day we were on set she said it seems like you really have an understanding of the character that you're trying to portray and i was like thank you that is like maybe the best and only great compliment in acting so <laughs> i'll take it um but yeah and then yeah it was just from that sort of first uh callback on uh it felt like a real nice collaboration of you know the character and you know what i saw it being plus like what it was it it every time felt like uh yeah we were doing it together like i was on the right track and marita would then just adjust little things which is to a point the best feeling on set because you feel like you're on the right track sometimes you yeah. you know you may have a different understanding of the character or the story and you need to adjust and that can give you that little pitter patter in your chest you can go like uh oh are they gonna fire me i mean i've already been in four days but they can just cut that out um so those days luckily that wasn't the same case with this one that was a lot of fun so yeah honestly the audition process was great and then it just felt it just rolled by after that awesome you um, seem to be like a, a cw darling uh supernatural <laughs> riverdale supergirl <laughs> well if you're lessons of tomorrow Vancouver, if you're yeah. in Vancouver, it is a, a rite of passage for you to do an episode of Supernatural. It's like, I don't even know, <laughs> like 15 I don't know how right? new actors yeah. are even going to start in Vancouver anymore once Supernatural is done. Like, what is, yeah. what are they, what are they going to cut their teeth with? I don't even know. That's like, that was like a house of cards for us here in Maryland. Yeah. 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 Cards, definitely. Yep, yeah, exactly. It's always one of the ones and they, I mean, it's such a good story because, you know, they are so integral to the story that if they're in every scene, that's impossible to shoot that. So a lot of times the teasers are, are good chunks of the, of the episode, which means that every time you get to be in one of those, you get some good stuff to do. I was in the teaser of my episode of Supernatural. I got to scream really loud, and then I got killed by a truck. Ah, I actually um, saw your by... uh, acting reel. It's on your acting reel. Oh, you did? Reel. Yeah, I checked that out. I had to do my homework. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have... I got... Oh, no, no, I just saw something really interesting on your acting reel was working with uh, a celebrity that uh, has come to some legal trouble, <laughs> Laurie Laughlin, <laughs> due to the college scandal, uh, uh, college admission scandal. Um, hopefully you saw the, 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 the nicer side of Laurie. How did you like her uh, working with her? Well, the thing that I've basically been able to say is because I worked so long ago, on uh on garage cell mysteries with Lori. i would have known her before any wrong her, her kids were too young to do anything wrong yet so yes yeah. that i met 
had done nothing wrong. So, <laughs> and I've, I've never spoke to her after. I never ran into her uh, after. No, too much. The person that I met, who at the time, not a criminal, uh, was very, <laughs> was very great. She was fun to work with. It was my first time getting to work with a recognizable lead person on a show. Yeah, that was a great scene you had with her. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. It was to a point nerve wracking, but it was the first time I kind of went, "Oh, I can, I can do this." Because yeah, it didn't let make me go, "Oh no, I'm acting with something. I can't do this. It's too, it's too big. It's too large." It right. was like, "All right, this is a human being in front of me <laughs> saying words and." I'll also be saying words that I didn't come up with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a quick question. How do you plan or, okay, so I don't like watching myself. Um, okay. So I don't know how you feel, but do you plan on at least for the order to have like some sort of like little friends watch party or family watch party? Or are you just going to let it air? You're not really going to think about it. You're going to focus on other stuff. Like what's your, how do you usually go about stuff? that you've been in coming out? I've been really lucky because almost everything that I've got a chance to work on, I'm a fan of. Like any of these episodes of TV, like these CW shows, I'm always excited to watch because I enjoy it. The Order season one, I was so blown away with how good that show is. Like it does not deserve to be that good. Um, like it deserves because all the people on that show are fantastic. Yeah. And the are. But I had no idea. I mean, you know, when we heard the auditions going on for season one, we were like, oh, awesome. A Netflix show here in Vancouver. That should be OK. But then season one comes out and we kind of were all like, this is amazing. I get a chance to audition for the second season. And then, you know, I was pumped. So I'm OK with watching. But I'll say this, like when it comes to watching anything that I do, this wasn't always the case, but I've kind of gone through a a new way of watching. I don't exactly watch it the same way anymore. I don't go, okay, is my face is doing something weird. This is messed up. Uh-oh. Turn it off. Change the, change the take. I don't <laughs> do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I kind of do two things. I kind of go, okay, did I help tell the story? Mm-hmm. And would anybody call me out for being bad? Just like mm-hmm. specifically, like if they were watching this episode, would they go, man, this is a good scene, except for that Madison guy. have you ever had to have you ever had a moment like that where you you watch something and be like this is a good scene except for that madison guy it hasn't been a case in which that has happened luckily i think because the other thing that you always have to know as an actor is the only reason they move on is because they got what they wanted Mm -hmm. um when you're working on professional shows and with professionals i mean if they aren't satisfied either they'll shoot around you or edit around you or they will you know do one more take so to be in the final cut mm-hmm. you're you usually feel okay but i will say there was one time early in my career and this is before i sort of established my rules of watching myself i uh i was doing a a, a very a very early actor thing which is swaying on my feet yeah. back and forth <laughs> everybody has their sticks right oh yeah. god i was and like apparently I asked other people and I said, do you see this? And they're like, no, I don't see it. I don't know what you're talking about. But I was I felt like if this was my lens, 
I was all the way here, and all the way here, and I'm like in this this fight with my ex girlfriend, and I'm like, you're the, you're worth nothing. Nobody likes you, and I'm just swaying back you're and forth. Tyson punch out. Yeah, exactly. I was like, if if she's throwing insults, I'm I'm ducking yeah. them. They can't get me. I love it. I love it. Um, another show that you got to work on, which I, I checked out your episode today too, was Chilling Adventures of Sabrina as Steve Loomis. You're oh, yeah. the sacrificed virgin. Ooh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to go method in the, on that <laughs> of staying I'll, a little while? <laughs> without like giving too much personal stuff away, I don't think I had the ability to go method. Um, that, <laughs> that's that's just that's just a little and like i'm not gonna confirm or deny anything that that meant if if you ask follow-up questions i won't (laughs) (laughs) but i um i actually auditioned early in the sabrina process for uh which is billy which is played by ty wood who is a good friend of mine cool and it went to him and then they sort of did a group of football players that got uh, cut down to about two throughout the season. And um, I found out, so that was actually the first time I ever got offered a role because that was something that they said, Madison, we'd like to offer you this. So it was my first ever offering. Um, and the way it was explained to me was that the original idea was to kill off one of the football players that they have established but they didn't know what they wanted to do with them. And they figured it may cause a wrinkle in their story. If, you know, one of the main people or the people that you recognize gets killed, then it's like, shouldn't they talk about that later? That was sort of the conversation that we had by the writers. So they said, well, let's just cast a new football player. And they went back and they watched the original auditions for Billy. And that's where they found me. Cool. Awesome. It was very cool. You left a good impression. Yeah, obviously decent enough. So I got to do that. That was a really cool day. Um, Like I I was, I remember laying in a pool of blood underneath smoke, kind of going like, what a weird Friday. And (laughs) it was kind of great. It was uh, honestly, yeah, it was like you, when, because the first season hadn't come out. And um, I remember sort of even asking people like, oh, so like, who do you play on the show? Are you coming back next season? And they're like, honey, I'm the big bad. Like, I'm, I'm pre-. and I was like, oh, I don't know yet because the show hasn't come out. And I was like, so. Yeah, you can't really, really say. Could, but you could feel the, um, you could feel the, the, you know, the tone that they were setting, even on those days, it really had this cool out of time setting. Like my character, you know, when they sort of stressed me up, they said, we want to look like you could be from 1945 or from, you know, 2020. Right, right, right. That was was so cool that you got to work on that. It's kind of easy because when you... I got it. Hold on. <laughs> when you think about um, 
<laughs> okay. Um, it is so interesting. Like this is sort of like a tangent, but I love history and everything. And like, um, it's, it's cool to sort of look back at old photos of people and they really do have a look. And mm -hmm. then, you know, you look at people nowadays and they have a different look. And so to sort of be like by era, I suppose, you know, cause you could totally play someone in the forties, but you mm -hmm. also look very modern, you know? Um, and you could probably play someone in the sixties, seventies, you know, so I just think that's interesting. So that's cool. It is, it is a really nice thing to kind of, yeah, feel like, you know, you, you can fit into a time period no matter what, Yeah. um, just ba yeah, change the wardrobe, change your hair a little bit and, you know, everything feels that way. That's the coolest thing about being an actor is, you know, when you do an audition, you get these sides and you're trying to come up with a character, right. but in the audition room, the only thing you can really portray is, you know, how you deliver the lines, how you feel about it. But once you're there and on set, like I, mm -hmm. I did an episode of a show called Valley of the Boom, which was a show for uh, the History Channel. And I, it was a 90s show about the coming up of the Internet. And my character was like a young run and gun kind of, you know, business guy. And... I was wearing a thick tie, like easily the size of my face down. Right, right. So thick tie, but like tiny little knot. It was oversized. My pants were like pleated, but had so much extra. And I was like, yeah, I don't even have a cell phone anymore because I didn't have one in the 90s. I remember. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's do you awesome. Ever, um, do you ever get mistaken for any other actors when you're out? Um out and about i yeah. wish how cool would that be i mean if someone came me, up to you and was you look a lot like the michael um Car carbonero he does he's a musician that does like that prank show yeah i know who you're talking about the uh the carbonero that? effect yes yeah i haven't got that yet okay the the one i get the most and it's i always hate saying it out loud for you know actual people but is <laughs> uh because it's like sounds so conceited you're like i look like ian summerholder and i'm like but when people tell me, I'm like, thank you for the compliment, because yeah. I think he's very handsome. And if you think <laughs> he is very handsome and you right. think I look like him, I'm going to put two and two together. Exactly. And you're going to say, I'm very handsome. Thank you. Now, I'm not I saying it. that I'm very handsome, but I'm saying that that person probably thought I was handsome. Hello. <laughs> what I think is cool, because you mentioned being friends with a lot of your fellow um, um, Vancouver-based actors. Um, Looks like I wrote a film called Color Rose, mm -hmm. and two of the actresses have been on our show. Uh, we just had Alicia Rotaru on a couple weeks ago, and Natalie and Maleka we had on last year. Um, tell us about uh, working with those those two ladies, who are awesome, by the way, and also being the writer of this project, because I uh, didn't know that you had some writing uh, writing skills. One of the things that I've always, like, one of, I, I, I think being an actor... You know, I, I wanted to do it because of how much I love TV and film. Like, it, it is honest. And for any actors who come on and say this, you know, all power to you. But when actors tell me that they don't watch TV, I kind of go, I don't get you. I don't understand. You. I know because, someone like that. Yes. And like, even even Vanessa, your question when it was like, do I watch myself? Like, yeah, I do. Like, I want to see and I want to improve. From yeah, this time to the next time. Definitely. As where the people who kind of like treat it like it's a job. I mean, right. this isn't a job. This is a fantasy. This is like 
this is the greatest thing. And then, so growing up, you know, when I was playing baseball and hockey, I always dreamed of, you know, I always wanted to be like playing the major leagues during the summer and then do a movie in the winter. That is a (laughs) far cry from being able to happen, but that was the dream. Um, I, I remember I watched so much TV. I watched so many movies and I got a feel for how scripts go. I got a feel for, you know, why why Disney is is so loved. I mean, Disney is so good. And the next time you watch a Disney movie, understand that the reason it's so good is because a character in the first 10 minutes will tell you exactly what they want. And at the end of the movie, when they get you feel this sense of happiness because from the beginning you knew their goal you knew their objective and you knew what it was that they wanted and when they say it oh watch hercules again which by the way if you guys want to start some kind of campaign for me to be hercules in the live action the russos if that wants to start here that's cool i'll I, all right and only if it's organic only if it's I organic like yeah yeah See it. You just don't need to do it, but like, <laughs> go ahead if, if if that's if that's how you feel. That's what I I'll say. It's like I love it. I'll push that. Up. But uh, when you watch the cartoon, when he meets Phil, Danny Vito's character, the um the little the satyr, he says that you know he wants to have uh, train somebody when the gods put a picture of him in the stars, and he wants somebody to say that's Phil's boy. And at the very end, spoiler alert. The gods draw a picture of Hercules in the sky, and someone says, that's Phil's boy. And Phil cries, and so do I. I cry <laughs> very quickly, every time. And, and it's gone to a point in which my fiancé will watch me watch movies, knowing that there's a point in which I'm going to cry. <laughs> so that's a weird tangent as to kind of how I got into writing. But then when it came to The Color Rose, I, I was... I'm friends with uh, the director, the, pro- the executive producer, and the co-writer, name's Courtney Page. And she's one of those, like, go-getters who, you know, one of, like, the greatest stories about her is one time she said, you know what we should try sometime is stand-up comedy. And because she's such a go-getter, you just say, like, yeah, that sounds great. That night, I was on stage doing stand-up comedy. I, oh, cool. I, I had never written or planned for it but i i did it and uh this is another little weird tangent you know that joke when someone says a joke and it does, no one laughs and someone says right. like is this on i did that by accident because no one laughed at my joke and i <laughs> legit thought the mic wasn't on <laughs> i just wasn't funny so that was <laughs> but so fast forward she's writing this movie and she sends me a script and she says, hey, I kind of want you to play uh, the deputy. So I, I originally and, and up until, unfortunately, like a week before I had to pull out of my character um, because I got another role that uh, conflicted right. on a like on a Hallmark movie in town, nice. um, which ironically enough, like I got nominated for a Leo Award, which is a BC Film Award awesome. for writing. And I got nominated for the acting for that same weekend. So it was a good weekend. Awesome. I was basically one good weekend of my whole year. And I got two nominations out of it. So that was good. That is um, awesome. But so she sends me this uh, and she says, hey, I'd like you to play the deputy. And sometimes when you read a script with a character in mind, you pay attention to that person a little bit more. 
And I noticed a little hole in the script. And I said, hey, you know, it, it seems like the girls go with the deputy and then then the deputy is just not there anymore. And she said, oh, that's a good that's a good catch. So she sort of, you know, fixed it, sent me a couple more drafts. And then she came to me with an issue and she said, hey, our our um, financier wants the bad guy to be somebody else. They want it to be this character. And I'm trying to figure out how to do it. So like I said, I came into it. It was already a full script. And I kind of said, okay, well, give me the night. I'm going to see if I can come up with anything. I drove home, I kind of was racking my brain. And I was like, okay, I think I have, I have an idea. It could do this. This person could also be this, even though they're that. I can't give too much away because the movie's still uh, to be released. And oh, it's still to be released. Awesome. Still to be released. Yeah, it, it's gone to a couple festivals, but it just got distribution, um, which is very exciting. But uh, yeah, I um, I sent well, her we my... love Alicia Rotaru, so oh, we, we yes. definitely yeah, she's she she's fantastic in it. Alex Ponovic is great. All the girls that play the Sins are amazing. Um, but yeah, so I kind of got asked, hey, do you want to just help write it? So we kind of. Uh, didn't start from scratch, but we. So you're kind of like Josh Whedon, and... the Zack Snyder aspect of that script. A little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> where it, it was already a, it already had a beginning and an end, exactly. and I needed to find little holes. I, I was a, I was a hole filler kind of. Yeah, was yeah. the big, big way of putting. So yeah, that's how I got involved, and it was a blast. And I mean, I look forward to getting a chance to do the same with Courtney again, and hopefully this time be able to act in one. Awesome. Wow, guys, that was Madison Smith, an amazing actor. Thank awesome. you so much. That was a Yay. <laughs> so we loved having you on for the second time on BTB. And before we let you go, Madison, if you could um, do a little promo, let us know who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw out a little plug for uh, the order and uh, let us know you're on below the belt. Perfect. Uh, guys, this is Madison Smith. I'm on below the belt. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Maddo Smith. 21. I played hockey as a kid, so everybody had an O at the end of their name. So Matt O. Smith, 21. Uh, and June 18th, so when this comes out, it'll already be out there. So just turn on Netflix and watch The Order, season two. You'll find me in episode five, six, and seven. And it's a show about college where people do magic, and there might be some werewolves, and I might do a little bit of magic. Awesome. 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 <laughs> Matto. Matto. That's a cool nickname. <laughs> Matto, thanks so much for uh Thanks so much for having me, guys. Show. Thank You're you. Awesome. Nice to Thank meet you. you. Take care, guys. Have a good Have a good one. One. Awesome. Bye. See you. All right. Bye. All right, guys. That was Matto Smith, Madison Smith. He Check him great. out. Uh, yeah, was wasn't a, it great? He was yeah. a really good interview. He yeah. he he yeah, he was he was quite engaging to watch. Yep. Yeah, I think the Skype thing does a whole new dynamic for these guests. I think it's, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that, too, where I guess probably because they're on camera and they can see it, so they feel a lot more, like, comfortable. We find ourselves uh, paying better attention, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Except for, but, uh, except with, for um, general. with a lot of distractions. Distraction yeah. and noise. I thought General, general like, um, put his um, screen on pause but you can still hear the whole conversation he's got up and banged around and like and the guests 
and Madison stopped while like John was banging around and talking to I guess his wife or whatever. Like, I had to put. I thought mute. you. Pa- I thought you muted me. That's I why I could say That's that. That's suited up. That's suited up. Well, I, I muted you after like you paused the whole entire show. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Well, Someone guys, yeah. For a calming presence. Is he so much? It's a, it's a um, it's a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A, an anomaly? Oh no, not anomaly. Um, ironic. Outlier. It's ironic. Yeah, it's ironic. Yes. The, the irony of the name. The comic presence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of. <laughs> I really used to be. I used to be the calming presence. I had a uh, I had kind of a chill vibe for a while, and then <laughs> you know, quarantine does things to a person. Let me tell you. Which is why you're uh, you didn't hesitate to come out and have a drink with us uh, Sunday, a little Sunday fun day. Yes, that was that was a good time. Yeah, it was good to see uh, Baltimore City starting to slowly open up the outdoor venues, which is cool. Mm. Nice. Um, all right, a couple more um, uh, TV things, guys. If you're a fan of The Witcher, have you checked that out, General? That seems like one of kind of show that you'd watch, The Witcher on Netflix. I haven't had a chance to. People, some people really liked it a lot. Some people didn't as much. And um, I don't know. I like Henry Cavill. And um, he's, yeah, he's going to be Superman for a few more films, which is awesome. But apparently, the latest. That. Yeah, I know. Me too. So apparently a lot of the criticisms of the first season of Witcher was it's too confusing. So they're promising for the second season more Witchers, less confusing time jumps. And that's the early word on the follow-up mm. for the season. And I found that when they say confusing time jumps, the case of season two of Westworld. I'm going to still try to pump through the rest of those episodes, but I found that the time jumping and all that got a little little crazy you know does it does uh, it go forward and backwards in time like do they jump uh, or is it usually yeah um, yeah because you see the character of the man in the black in westworld are you talking about westworld well either one i haven't seen yeah show. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i haven't seen witcher yet but uh, but i can mention that there's uh you go back and forth to the younger version the older version of this one character the man in the black so have you um have you guys seen The Dark on Netflix or no it's dark it's just called Dark I haven't haven't Okay it's it's similar um but it's in German so it's difficult I have to watch it with my husband he likes it too though but it like it's hard for me to read I don't know German and they're switching around from all these different timelines and there isn't always an update on the screen as to what year it is so it's really confusing, but once you understand sort of the spaghetti ball of the show, it's really, really good. So if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend Dark. I think it's Dark on Netflix. Is it so? It's a German series, so it's a subtitled. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that so yeah. usually with the subtitle stuff, you have to keep things as you know as simple, not only really simple as possible, but but the, you know clear, very clear. Which, um, you know, watching, uh, for instance, um, God, what was the Best Picture winner um, at the Oscars? Um, Parasite. Parasite. Parasite, yeah. Parasite, yeah. yeah. So uh, I found that, you know, an eye-opening experience for not previously watching subtitled um, film and TV shows before. But yes, maybe that would be worth checking out. Yeah, that, that can't yeah, have been good. the first subtitled movie you've ever seen. No, not at <laughs> all. But, it, but in recent memory. Really? Huh. Well, I mean... 
recently. Every recently. Not everybody says culture is you, General. Yeah, you're pretty cultured. <laughs> yeah, like we. Well, I know, General, you're a fan of Umbrella Academy. The uh, season two will drop on July 31st. Mm-hmm. And um, they haven't dropped the trailer yet, but there's some first look images. Um, they're probably going to do the Apocalypse Suite storyline. That was the second. That was the second series of Umbrella Academy. So yeah, that was my guess. <laughs> well, it's going to see the Hargreave siblings scattered throughout the 1960s, Dallas, oh. Texas. Oh, it's so it's going to be uh, okay. That was the story. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were, we were both wrong on that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's an honest, honest mistake. Yeah. Five lands in the middle of yet another apocalypse. There you go. And must find a way to reunite his family in order to stop it and return to the present day. There we go. All while being haunted by a trio of Swedish assassins. Cool, man. <laughs> um, also, Netflix dropped the trailer for The Politician Season 2. Haven't checked that one out yet, but that's also um, from the mind of Ryan Murphy, who, as you know, has a crazy Netflix deal. Um, Hollywood, and now this, this uh, politician show. Um also, uh, Amazon TV has saved a show called Flack, which was canceled on Pop TV. Pop TV, you know, that had Shit's Creek and Netflix kind of like, you know, renewed the interest in that show, which is a funny ass comedy if you haven't seen it. Yeah. But this is Anna Paquin's. Um, um, it's kind of like Don Draper esque, where she's a PR maven Robin, and uh, apparently was canceled on Pop TV, but Amazon. Will be acquiring it, so um, yeah. Also on Amazon Prime, they're developing um, a series um, from Friday Night Lights writer Jason. Yeah. Oh, you're a fan of that? Cat I love it. Okay, it's a coming age story about twenty somethings living with autism. Interesting. Wow! Wow! Yeah, so they're tw- three twenty something roommates on the autism <clears throat> spectrum, striving for the same things. Get a job, keep a job, make friends, fall in love, yada yada, that kind of thing. So, are these hey very actors who really have autism? That's interesting. Uh, I don't think they've announced the cast just yet. Um, But um, or maybe they have. (laughs) And And I I feel like at this Um, day and age, it probably will be actors that have autism. Yeah, I feel like just. Because then they'd have to end up recasting because people would, you know, right. probably become upset. <laughs> people and, will be right. up, up in arms about that because I do. You know, I do. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah, that's always been a touchy subject because there's been a lot. Yeah, like Leo, Leo DiCaprio did an amazing job with What's Eating Gilbert Grape, as did um, Tom Hanks with Forrest Gump. You know, yeah, but, it's kind of uh, like if you had like a if you had like a series of somebody with one arm and then like you cast somebody that really had two arms, you know, then everybody's going to be up in arm protesting about oh. it you know? i mean gonna... it's a little different i hear i mean i see both sides i see both sides um it's a little different though <laughs> speaking of tom hanks he'll be on apple tv there's a reason to watch apple tv chachi it's a it's a film called greyhound which will uh, debut on july 10th mm. um yeah um it's about um, set in the World War II, uh, international convoy of 37 Allied ships uh, led by uh, Hank's Captain Ernest Krauss. Hmm. I'm the captain now. So he's playing another captain. <laughs> this, is, this is Tom Hank's first um, period piece, right? Has he period? 
well, do you not count the uh, Forrest Gump no. a period piece? No, he's like. <laughs> I think I think he's like a co-owner or something of the World War II Museum in North in New Orleans. And really? he also has like a historic production company and does a lot of. Yeah. So like this does not surprise me. Oh, awesome. Two big projects on Hulu coming up. Uh, one was as uh, Kira Knightley making a return to a series that she's been known for doing strictly uh, films, um, and it's called The Other Typist. It's in development now on Hulu, um, and um, the character is Rose, um, who Kira plays, um, an unworldly police department typist who gets drawn to the shady world of a glamorous new coworker. Okay. Um, also, um, Michael Keaton starring in a series called Dope Sick, which is all about the U.S. opioid crisis. Very dark, but very important, um, mm-hmm. epidemic to, um, to bring awareness to because that's, it's been crazy. Um, you could also check out the trailer of Palm Springs. We mentioned this on the show before. Big hit at the Sundance Film Festival, um, stars Andy Samberg. And Kristen Milioti, uh, also dropping on Hulu. Um, Sci-Fi greenlit an animated series called Devil May Care. Um, they're trying to bring in more um, adult animation shows, which is with the popularity of Family Guy and um, Rick and Morty. So I think adult animation is uh, getting a resurgence. Also, Rick and Morty co-creator Dan Harmon will be developing a new animated comedy for Fox. So there you go, man. Dan Harmon's killing it. Of course, uh, Rick and Morty, great, um, great season, great season four, um, which I really enjoyed. General, did you tune in to uh, Rick and Morty? I do. Did you watch the um, the current season? I did. I did. What'd you it think? Was, What'd you think? It was it was really. I enjoyed it a lot. I loved uh, there was one episode where they got super meta when it came to like storytelling. And I really liked that episode a lot. And uh, the uh, the finale was OK. It wasn't as good with as, the two best. Yeah. Yeah. The two best. But like the episode where they're on that train, I actually really, really love that episode a lot. Yeah. Sarah Chalky, who plays the voice of Beth. Mm hmm was so and her she was on scrubs and scrubs dude i finally saw the other missy oh the wrong missy i'm sorry yes yes dude it was one of the funniest films i've seen in a long time wasn't that great i loved the people recommend netflix i I wanted to watch a comedy to take my mind off the sadness and i was asking for suggestions and two popular things like the had the most votes one was the wrong missy the other one was what we do in the shadows those two got like the most votes, because um. What's that is that a comedy too? Yeah, yeah it's a vampire a, comedy. Yeah, that's oh, by okay. Taika Waititi. It's, it's on FX, right? Yeah, hilarious movie. I haven't seen the show. Oh, but the the movie is with Taika, but now they have a TV series based on. Yeah. The show. If you're a fan of Thirty Rock, it will return for a, a one-hour special on NBC. The the entire cast is coming back. Uh, Tina Fey, Tracy Morgan, Alec Baldwin, Jenna Maroney. Um, is it going to be? Cool. Is it going to be like the uh, the Parks and Rec one? I think had? it's going to be just like that. But um, <clears throat> maybe now with things kind of 
you know, um, restrictions being lifted, that they might shoot this a different way. Um, but they didn't. Um, they didn't allude to it. But I guess they're going to be in production of this reunion of sorts, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that should be pretty cool. NBC also has greenlit Manifest for a third season, as well as Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, also renewed uh, for a second season. Did um, you ever watch that Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? No, but I think the the actress is gorgeous. <laughs> She's beautiful. Yeah, I saw the pilot of that, and it was an enjoyable show. And then I forgot it existed. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, and then I was like, oh wait a minute, I remember that show. I, like I love that. I mean, she's gorgeous. I mean, I haven't seen the show, so I can't comment on the show. <clears throat> but she's striking, striking beauty. <laughs> she is. Look her up if you haven't seen her. She's, I think you like her. I like her. I, well, I think of redheads. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think for redheads. <laughs> and we have a resident. I resident didn't know redhead. that, Al. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> Um, let's see, For Life renewed for a second season in ABC. But the Baker and the Beauty, sad to say, that was canceled. Mm. Um, in reality TV news on ABC, The Bachelor Bachelorette uh with Claire Crawley will uh be uh, will air on uh this fall instead of summer. It's usually a summer show due to the pandemic. And um a little little bit of different things with the Bachelorette. They're actually going to be um, staying at the resort and having the dates on the resort. Yeah. Um, yeah, they can't go to other countries to film. You know how the Bachelor and Bachelorette always uh, had to go to other countries to have these romantic dates, but no, everything <laughs> will be taking place at the same resort. Um, so, you know, you suck if you were actually you got picked to be on the show and then you're expecting to go to like South America or somewhere cool. Exactly. You're stuck inside the house yeah. the whole time. <laughs> It's, it's like, like Big, Big Brother. Brother. Yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> Big Brother with a romantic twist. Yeah, I know that's Vanessa's favorite. Yeah. So, rumored the season, actually, uh, season 22 will be um, an All-Stars um, season. Oh, really? Rumored. Oh, has, CBS okay. hasn't made an announcement yet, but with my reality TV connections, I've heard that it would be a, an All-Stars. Oh, that's good. We yeah. started season 10 again. The other day, because oh, my husband oh. was having a hankering. Yeah. Oh, for so Big Brother? We're... Went all the way back to season 10. <laughs> yeah. Was well, season we 10 the All-Star have... one? No, 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 no. I'm good. just saying, like, we I have a hankering eight. for it. So. It was the All-Star yeah. one, right? Season 8? I don't, I don't remember. There have been yeah. so many. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, big news on The Bachelor. I, I don't know if this has anything to do with the, the whole Black Lives Matter uh, movement. Yeah, it does. 100% it does. 100% it does? Yes. We have our first Black Bachelor, guys. Matt Finally. James. Yeah. Matt James revealed to be the new Bachelor, making him the first Black male lead. As you know, um, we had the first Black Bachelorette um, already. But this will be the first Black Bachelor. And there's been two um, Hispanic ones. That's right. There has been two Hispanic ones, yes. But unlike um, other bachelors, he hasn't competed on the Bachelorette. Mm. Um, so apparently, um, he came close to um, on Claire's season, which was supposed to be in May, but it was postponed. And I guess, I guess they, I don't know. I mean, if no one really knows about him, then I, I'm still wondering why it was picked. But maybe. 
no, maybe it's no. good to pick somebody else, you know? I don't no, know. No, no, he got picked because they had a petition. Um, oh, was it the petition that got? You're right. Okay, or, or so to pick or to pick a black bachelor um, in general. Well, like, I mean, person, it's yeah. about time. Well, they usually pick people they shouldn't who take like, a petition. No, but they usually pick people who make it towards the end, like Al was saying. Yeah. From, yeah, from the bachelorette, you know, and vice versa. So that's who they normally pick. So, I mean, less less the um, other bachelors are racist and didn't want um, any black people getting that far. Yeah. So Rachel Lindsay, who was the the bachelorette, the black bachelorette, rooted for him to be chosen to be the next mm-hmm. bachelor. So, um, yeah, that should be interesting to yeah. check out. Well, hopefully his season, they get they're allowed to go back out throughout the well, world. And there's a lot of diversity issues with with the Bachelor. They always, um, you know, um, they uh, yeah. I guess it's a, it was about time that this this did happen, right? Yeah. And of course, more Me Too news, guys. Um, this was a little heartbreaking because I think this comedian is very talented, very funny. I got to see his stand up show in Los Angeles. Um, Chachi, I know you're a fan of the show You on yes. Netflix. Uh, Chris Dahlia, uh accused of sexual harassment and misconduct, including soliciting nude photos from minors um, by a growing list of women this week. Um, uh, yikes, I know, right? Uh, so it started um, by a tweet, actually, by Simone Rossi, Come on, who said, I still can't General, believe please. Netflix cast Chris D'Elia as a pedophile in the season of you, which is irony because his character was a pedophile. And now these things are coming out now. Yeah, and he um, had like um, pictures of underage girls, like in his house on the show. The character did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I um, really hope that life didn't imitate art in this case. Cause they could seize his hard drive if they have any, uh, you know, it's true. If they have any reasonable doubt that he has these images, they could seize his hard drive and his computer and his phone. And mm-hmm. ooh, not good, not good for Chris, man. Um, so other women have uh, started, uh, you know, saying, uh, "All right." So another girl tweeted, "I'm so surprised that multiple girls are coming out." It's a known fact. He's he's a perv and plays those roles perfectly. Um, and then one woman alleged that. It, one interaction took place when she was 14 and in middle school. Damn. And another alleges that Delia used an 18-year-old woman's nudes in an attempt to blackmail her. Oh, boy. Um, so Chris uh, has a statement. This is just breaking now. Um, so apparently he says, I know I have said and done things that might have offended people during my career, but I have never knowingly pursued any underage woman at any point. All my relationships have relationships have both been legal and consensual, and I have never met or exchanged any inappropriate photos with the people who have tweeted about me. Okay, so we saw screenshots, but did we see photos? I haven't seen any photos yet. He said, that being said, I'm truly sorry. I was a dumb guy who absolutely let myself get caught up in a lifestyle. It's my fault. I own it. I've been reflecting reflect for this for some time now. And I promise to do better. What do you think? I mean, uh, I guess until we see screenshots, I mean, he was still flirting online with girls that were underage. Um, yikes. I, I truly hope he does not have any, um, you know, underage 
um, adult content right. um, on it could be in really big trouble. Really big trouble. I mean, he's an actor that's he's a comedian number one, great stand up comic. He's done. I mean, he's been in uh, Workaholics. He's been on um, um, the show Undateable, uh, and then of course um, you, which I haven't seen. Chachi, I know you're a big fan of that show. Yeah, season two was great. So kind of ironic though that his character and the fact that he was was happy to play a character like that you know and the fact that he it allegedly has this issue you know it's kind of crazy um mm-hmm. but you just sent me this that this is also breaking the danny masterson of that 70s show um now um formally accused of, of raping three women between 2001 and 2003 um, which was uh, at his home in the Hollywood Hills. And um, apparently, um, yeah, uh, this the, the rape was due to by force or fear. And he faces a maximum sentence of 45 years uh, to life Damn. in prison if convicted. And it's crazy because the Me Too stories have kind of quieted out ever since the Harvey Weinstein uh well, the Danny Masterson one. The Danny Masterson one I remember hearing about years ago. Yeah. 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 But now it's 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 coming to light because I guess they found enough evidence. Evidence maybe to, yeah. to go forward with the trial. You think that's what the case is? And the guy hasn't I looked at his IMDB um since I found out about this, uh, that he hasn't worked since he was asked to leave the ranch. The the show that he had with Ashley Kutcher on Netflix. Mm, mm-hmm. So he was he was off that show. And he hasn't worked since. And yeah, he hasn't worked you know, at all. Not even he hasn't, small roles. I, not, his IMDb was not updated since the ranch, and he left. That the doesn't ranch. surprise me. Yeah. Well, so they took they took the allegations very seriously. Mm-hmm. We hung out with him probably that time period that he was allegedly raping. Yeah, that's in DC. He was in DC. I've actually hung out with him in LA a couple times too. He owned the he owned the Geisha House with Wilmer Valderrama and. Oh, um, yeah. But DC was fun. I know. He, I mean, he loved the ladies. He was always like dancing with a whole bunch of them. I think I have a picture of Danny actually freaking one of the girls, like dancing like seductively behind yeah, yeah. the VIP area. That was a fun time. Consensual. 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 Yeah, yeah. You would hope, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you know, it is Pride Month, so um, there was um, there was. A, a good thing that happened and a not so good thing that happened. So, first of all, the Supreme Court ruled that uh, anti-employee discrimination law, um, which applies to gay and lesbian, now applies to transgender people. I think transgender was like the latest to be added. Because um, I always thought that gay, um, the discrimination against gay and lesbian was always a law. But I, I guess the transgender um, weren't included in that. Um I think, and, well, I, think it's, I think it was different. I think it was most states or whatever. Maybe it wasn't all the states. I don't know. Okay, so now it's all the states. Okay. But this was a, a bit a bittersweet victory because there was two violent deaths of black transgender women in the United States last week. Um, Dominique Fells in Philadelphia uh, found um, in, in, in Philadelphia in a river with stab wounds. Oh, my God. And then less than 24 hours later... Rhea Milton um, found shot multiple times in a robbery attempt in um, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So um, that's sad news to come out of that, although, you know, it's a, a big step uh, towards um, 
you know, gay, lesbian, transgendered uh, rights. Um, but then, like, uh, and that was a six to three decision. Um, Kavanaugh mm-hmm. was one that voted against it. Um, and um, but um, this is kind of a blow to the transgender civil rights. The Trump administration uh, finalized a regulation that removed health healthcare discrimination protections for transgender patients. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, obviously during this pandemic, this is a very it's invo- important to have. Um, what does that mean, healthcare discrimination? Hmm? What does that mean, well, healthcare discrimination? Healthcare discrimination protection. What does protection that mean? For, um, basically, healthcare providers can't discriminate uh, um, having um, transgender because obviously there's hormones, there's more expenses being involved. <clears throat> They're not allowed to discriminate against the transgenders. I think that's what the rule states. Oh, okay. And apparently this happened in the fourth anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, where oh, 49 wow. people were murdered. Um, Trump announced, his administration announced that on the anniversary. <laughs> Talk about bad timing for, for the Trump Well, it's the same way that, um, you know, Trump wanted to have his first rally in Tulsa on June 19th. Mm-hmm. In in Tulsa, Tulsa had uh, famously one of the worst uh, worst uh, episodes of racial violence ever, where like they burnt down a section of Tulsa called Black Wall Street back in like the early 1900s. God. So I don't well, think it's called Juneteenth. Juneteenth. I seriously doubt that he picked that date. For that reason, he didn't. Yeah, he yeah. didn't. I mean, but, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> it's the same way. It's the same way that the administration didn't decide yeah. to announce this, the fourth anniversary of the the Pulse nightclub shooting. Because, it's. I mean, I'm sure like any day of the week is going to be a, a horrible day in history if something bad happened. Right. I mean, I think we could argue that if uh, if the person in question, <laughs> DJT Rump, uh, wasn't the person that he is, <laughs> but because he is. You kind of get led down the same road. I mean, I, I, I failed to agree that he's going like, to let me have my rally on um, a place where Black Wall Street was um, burned down because of that. Well, yeah. it's it may not have been intentional, but, you know, it's still it still not a great look. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, you, you have to feel credit that, for him even knowing what the days those days are. The transgendered <laughs> uh, community, obviously, this is a big setback. Um, for their their health and their lives, if they're going to, uh, you know, I guess defund the the those protection plans. I guess I guess that's what it entails. Um, but also on Pride Month, they're actually going to throw in some LGBT um, love to uh, Shira and the Princesses of Power. Um, so they're actually going to center um, center a Gay romance between Adora and her best friend enemy Katra. So uh, I guess just in time for Pride Month, they're uh, they're ex- so that's going to be like a kids show that they're doing that on. Yeah, that's a little. Would you say it's risky or? Uh, uh, well, not necessarily. Or, I mean, it's not well, like they're going to have you... like hot girl on girl sex or anything like that. <laughs> it's just going to be. It's just going to be. Um... <laughs> right. It's just it's just going to like have like the same kind of like romantic undertones that any romance would have on a kids show. I'm assuming on yeah. a cartoon. Wait, is but... this a cartoon with a real shitty animation? 
Yeah, it's not the like the, the curvy, sexy yeah. She-Ra from the 80s. She's more anime style. It's like, a, it's like an 8-bit style. <laughs> yeah, of animation. They, they kind of they didn't yeah, they took yeah. out that you know that aspect of the uh, yeah. But um but yeah, but uh I guess I'll close out with some rest in peace acknowledgments. Um people that have passed on include uh Jack Turnbull, acting coach and teacher who coached um, Haley Steinfeld, Amanda Stenberg, had died at the age of 72 uh, after a battle with COVID-19. So another um, celebrity uh, had passed away due to COVID. Um, Pratt Brimer, the well-known puppeteer, who who did the puppet work for Bill Murray's uh, Gopher in Caddyshack, uh, had passed away at the age of 70. He did a lot of puppeteer work um, i just watched that for the first time last week you you're kidding <laughs> how how are you the king of the 80s and not seen yeah Kennedy? that was very early 80s uh, I mean, i've seen i've seen parts of it before but the first time i sat down and watched it I'm from surprised. beginning to end yeah um lamb chops play along he, he did that as well um short circuit i guess he did some puppeteer work for oh shit yeah. 25 a lot um yeah. a lot of other characters and uh General, you know this guy, Denny O'Neill, for uh, he oh, wrote yeah. and edited Batman comic books. Died at the age of eighty-one. He wrote he wrote some super iconic stories that totally <clears throat> changed comics in like the sixties and seventies. Wow, certainly a legend in in the comic book world. Yeah. Actor Mel Winkler, um, um, known for his role on The Devil in the Blue Dress with Denzel Washington. Minor roles in Doc Hollywood and Coach Carter. That is um, a way, way, way underrated movie, by the Devil way. Devil in the Blue Dress. Yeah, Doc that's Hollywood. Really... Yeah. Well, Doc Hollywood's okay. Devil in the Blue Dress is a really <laughs> good movie. Nancy Ryder, um, famed publicist from BWR, who represented Reese Witherspoon, Leo DiCaprio, Renee Zellweger, passed away at the age of 67. Um, she had ALS. Neurological mm-hmm. disorder. Um, Sushant Singh Rajput, a Bollywood actor who was in the Netflix action film Drive. Young. He died at the age of 34. Um, cause of death, apparent suicide. So, oh, jeez. Oh. Really, really sad. So, um, and of course, with death brings life. Happy birthday to the following celebrities. Barry Manilow, 77 today. Happy birthday, Barry. Oh, Joe... that, should, that should have been the classic cut then. Uh, <laughs> what, Barry Manilow? Yeah, done like Copacabana or something. Well, like maybe that. we could do a, a, a dual classic cut to end tonight's show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think General rated um, Barry Manilow's wardrobe. <laughs> uh, Joe Piscopo, 69. Do you get that reference? Do you get that reference? Did you? Did you that reference? Did you raid his? Uh... It's from the Breakfast Club. Oh, okay, yeah, because that yeah, was Mister uh, the the teacher. What was his yeah, name? The, the principal. <laughs> the yeah. principal. Yeah. Mark Lynn Baker of Perfect Strangers, sixty-six. Did you mention Perfect Strangers the other day? Cousin. Who's yeah. your cousin Larry? I think so. Yeah, I, he was cousin Larry. Actor John Grease, Napoleon Dynamite, 63. Wow, he's older than I thought. Which he's one the older, is he? 
John Greaves. He's the older brother, I think, right? And he's 63 uh, years old. 63. Who kept um, Wait, hold on. I gotta find out who this look is. Look him up. Look him up. Director Bobby Farrelly of Something About uh, Mary, part of the Farrelly Brothers, is 62. Um, actor Thomas Hayden Church is 60. Actor Greg Kinnear of House of Cards and many other great projects is 57. Um, actor Jason Patrick's 54. Will Forte from Saturday Night Live is a big five. <clears throat> Arthur Darville from DC's Legends of Tomorrow is 38. Jodie Whittaker, the female doctor from Doctor Who, is 38. Um, uh, Manish Dayal, the resident, is 37. And uh, Kendrick Lamar, rapper sensation, is 33. And actor KJ Appa of Riverdale is 23. That's birthdays today. He he played um, Uncle Rico. Not the older. He was the uncle. He was the uncle. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And he also starred in this movie called Joysticks from 1983 that I like. It's like one of those, um, uh, one of those like sex comedies that takes Oop. place in an arcade. Like very yeah. 80s, very a 80s sex comedy. <laughs> a pretty, a pretty obscure movie, but he was, yeah. he was one of the main stars in it. Those are one of the type of movies younger. that you, you can't find on cable or on demand. You have to go somewhere else to find. I think right? it might be on um, Amazon though. Oh, I think okay. I saw it before. So it's getting late, guys. Yeah, um, no, no wrestling. Don't, don't yeah, no, wrestling. Yeah, well, WWE <laughs> next week. <laughs> oh, I know Vanessa's dying to talk WWE with us. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Although, just one really quick thing. Oh, see, here That's, he goes. Here he goes. No, no, just one. <laughs> Someone was tested positive for COVID 19. A WWE did? developmental talent. They canceled the tapings tonight. And everybody's getting tested. Um, they didn't name who it was. They didn't name who it was. Um, but um, I guess for his protection. But yeah. hey, you got to be careful out there, you know. They've gone pretty long, yeah. Like, wrestling still and not having anybody <laughs> catch it. So that's pretty amazing. It's, it's, yeah, they've been having well, events, not yeah. having anyone known to have caught it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, kudos really quick go out to Edge and Randy Orton the greatest wrestling match ever on Backlash was it? well it was good because they the problem was is that Edge got injured during a retake of the match he uh, tore his tricep right off the bone he has to tricep surgery yeah man that's painful this is his second match back right Second match back from the Royal Rumble. Well, third match. He was in the okay. Royal Rumble. Then he was okay. in WrestleMania versus Randy Orton. And then wrestled, sucks. pure wrestling match. So, um, you know, I think he was supposed to come the, to be back on Raw to continue their feud. They had Christian come back on Raw. And um, they had an impromptu match, but Christian didn't really get a full-on match. Ric Flair turned on Christian, and Randy Orton kicked him in the head. And uh, that was pretty much it for uh, Christian. Um, but uh, I guess they had to write that in because Edge got injured and they can't continue their feud. Oh, but don't look for Christian to return um, to full-time uh, wrestling because he's dealing with concussion issues still. Even though he got kicked in the head, which is ironic, you know. Right. Um, but, um, I mean, I could go longer, but I guess we... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you, you definitely could. Yeah, I know you could. I guess that was, you that was one like news bit that turned into like three already. <laughs> Should I throw one more? Or should we end? <laughs> okay. And on we'll behalf, on behalf of this incredible, incredible panel for tonight's episode, we like to thank, of course, the one and only, the king of the '80s, Chachi McFly. Thank you. It's good to be back once again. It's always good to have um, General and Vanessa on the panel. So Aww. thanks for joining Aren't us. You the best. Yeah. Oh, little hearts. <laughs> we have we have constantly the best co-host now. Aren't we? Aren't we? You and I do. Everyone's been strong, right? Everyone's yeah, been great. Yeah, like we um we've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And like I and we know like we had the some past weak year, co-hosts. We've had some really, and we we handpick our co-hosts, and yeah. everyone. If you notice, some faces have come on the show, but not have come back, as far as co-hosts, and that's well, I mean, maybe because they weren't the strong. That wasn't their strongest suit was co-hosting a podcast. Yeah, or they maybe they um, weren't reliable, or whatever. So good to have good reliable people. Exactly. Man, like, thank you. Yeah, yeah, how long? Guys. How long? How long has this been going on now? Like, uh, when did you guys start? <laughs> well, I mean, I like to think of Below the Belcher 2.0. Um, because prior to that, it was started as a purely wrestling show. Um, so, uh, that was, that was, that was a good, like, uh, that was back in 2006 or 2005 or 2006 when we, we started, wow. the, started wow. the entertainment show. Yeah. Yeah. But we go even longer than that. Like we're, I think we're officially the longest running, um, pod entertainment podcast around. That could be uh, that. Yeah, that's I think that's some, legit. That is a legit gig. You guys, you guys should really play that up. Get some of that sweet, like Casper, what's it, Casper mattress money. From that. <laughs> <laughs> we need someone to help us with that. We need someone to help us find those people. But anyways, guys, let's go ahead and introduce the rest of the panel. The man with the calming presence. I'm glad you found her glasses, which you thought you lost. Yeah, that was that was a little. Mike the General Zod. Mike the General Zod. Thank you so much. The loudest calming presence in history. <laughs> I'll get better. I think I think I think the next time I'm on, I may be in a in a different room. So. Um, there you go. Yeah. Make fun of you about that, but you do crack me up. Like, do you so. have a bedtime? Because that's a little late for them. To be yeah, it's it's door. like eleven o'clock. They, do they not? Uh, do you not enforce their bedtime? Um, well, I've been on the show all day, like, <laughs> this whole time. Like, go, go back in that interview and watch Madison later on and to see how he just stops during the interview because of, um, General making all kind of noise with his family. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we will, we will. And last, but certainly not least, the lovely and talented singer extraordinaire, actress extraordinaire, YouTube sensation. Plug your YouTube show again. Oh, thank you. It's uh, The Crowned Survivalist. Nice, The Crowned Survivalist. Yeah, thank you. Check it out. And a lot of good, helpful hints and tips. Yeah, and, uh, life hacks, stress hacks, anxiety hacks, just how to live better and be a better person, basically. I love it. Awesome. Wow. And, and we're... We love having you as a recurring co-host on Blue of the Belt. Thank, so thank you. Yeah, I love coming on. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. That's it for tonight. Until next week, we'll see you guys then. Okay. Peace.
Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl with yellow feathers in her hair and a dress cut down to there. She would morangue and do the cha-cha. And while she tried to be a star, Tony always said about her. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com. Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, 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 bye.